the Augustin Hosinga Show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and this is episode number 744. That is 744 of the Agostino Zynga Show. That is Siete Cuatro Cuatro with me, your host, Agostino Zynga, and I hope you're doing well wherever this lovely podcast may find you. I really do hope you are doing splendid as I am. I'm doing well. I'm well hydrated. I just got done doing my flipping nighttime skincare routine. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling tight. I'm feeling strong. Clips are up on the channel. Um, Everything is feeling great and everything is feeling gravy. I cannot complain. I really, really cannot complain. I really can't. You know what someone has to complain about actually? And I think most of you probably don't know anything about this because it's very in the weeds UK banter. But this guy called Tom Garrett, I don't really know much about him myself. I've just learned about him today. Um, I kind of know his face, but I didn't know the name. Um, he's um, one. He's a co-host on his football show called Pitchside. Um, according to Google, he was also a former rugby league player. Well, this one dude in the UK called Tom Garrett, he has a video going viral on Twitter at the moment or on X or on other platforms, which if you look for it, you're going to be in for a bit of a shock because if I tell you this, you wouldn't believe it watching the video. That guy that you see in that clip is not a homosexual man. I repeat, the guy you see in that clip doesn't identify as a homosexual man. (laughs) So... The really funny and interesting thing about that clip and the debate that is kind of stirred on the timeline is the cultural differences around hazing, around, um, what would you call it? Uh, <laughs> banter. The differences that exist between like white guys and non-white guys. Because I can't ever imagine a scenario in my entire life where that kind of, where that kind of situation is funny. Well, that kind of act is funny unless you're actually trying to get some sort of pleasure out of it then okay have 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 a blast you know what you call it come to your heart's content for lack of a better word but to just engage in that sort of like play or to engage in those sort of acts for the benefit for the purpose of play it just seems like an odd thing to do it seems oddly excessive right it seems oddly weird it's just a strange place to go to if that's the first thing you want to do to have like banter with your friends you know it really really is odd like and i don't know how to describe it to you as as apart from like there's two dudes that, that appear to be in some sort of kitchen it looks like they're in some sort of like maybe like a student kitchen somewhere maybe it's like a student accommodation and um they're engaging in something that could only be described as a tug but it's done with giggles like it's done with some sort of level of banter some sort of level of humor and joking around and i can't seem to understand why because a part of me thinks like 
if you're willing to do that, why not just be gay? There's nothing wrong with that. If you if you if you if you have those urges to touch guys like that, then why not just be gay? Why do you have to do it under the cloak of banter? Is that almost like a weird? Is that almost like one of those type of things? Like if you're like like those type of dudes who are like incredibly insecure, or they have incredible you know fragile uh, masculinity. Those are the type of guys who maybe in terms of like, you know, maybe you haven't come to grips or come to terms of who you are and what you're into. So you sort of like cloak it in the, you know, in the flipping, um, cloak it in the banner of, oh, this is just me having a laugh. I'm just having some banter with the lads. And really it's like, no, you probably enjoy this, right? You probably enjoy this. You probably like this. So that's okay. Just go all the way. Why do you need to do it under the cloak of jokes and banter when it clearly isn't? Because I don't know what the punchline is. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What's the punchline? Is the punchline, you know, the guy finishing? <laughs> is that the punchline? He finishes. What's the punchline? His eyes rolling back into his head. Like, his toes curling. His legs shaking. Like, what is the punchline? somebody please tell me what the punchline is of that i don't understand it it's so odd and i would love to know forget the act itself i'd love to know what the bet was that led up to that or what led up to the bet being placed because clearly there was a bet right or oh, i bet you if you don't do x y and z if you don't do this and that you have to do that or i have to do this i wonder what led to that that's what i would love to know like what led to that being the bet that was on the table usually you know there's some stuff like i don't know some sort of humiliation thing where you kind of maybe have to run down the street naked. Um, they might tie you up on a lamppost. So there's some odd stuff that happens, right? But engaging in a in a in an act like that with another guy and then saying that it's not gay is odd, especially coming from those type of dudes. Because the guys I'm trying to I'm speaking of these Tom Garrett's and those type of dudes on pitch side, I get the feeling they're also the type of people that aren't the most um they're not the most um, open minded when it comes to people's sexual orientations and interests and shit they're probably quite narrow-minded right so maybe bordering to the to the line of homophobic now again i'm not going to put it on those guys i don't know who they are it's just me speaking out aloud but i honestly do think there are those type of dudes that exist that engage in that kind of banter but then are also super homophobic which i never understood like how can you be homophobic when you're like doing the gayest shit you know what i mean you're doing more gay stuff than actual gay guys <laughs> on a daily basis like you're all always hanging around your dude mates you're always touching each other um you know you probably you know exchange too much saliva really to be straight mates you're doing crazy quote-unquote pranks and hazing rituals that are bordering on the line of like you know whatever it's like, why don't you just go all the way and just say, hey, I'm going to commit. This is my life. I'm going to settle down with this guy because I like the cut of his jib, which is not a bad thing. But this whole like, oh, it's a banter thing is very, very strange. Um, at the last time of, of typing, when I checked his, um, when I checked Flipping with Jig, when I checked on Twitter, there's some really good memes going around at the moment with people posting loads of different football things about <laughs> what's going on. Because obviously most of you will know about the Saliba stuff um, that happened a few years ago. I think a couple of years ago before he went to Arsenal, um, Saliba was caught in a very compromising situation with some kids um, playing for like a young French team or something, which is again a very strange thing. But the Saliba situation wasn't as bad. If I'm not mistaken, the Saliba situation 
situation he was pictured or there was a video recording of him sitting down somewhere in a room full of other kids for the french under 19s team or something and he had his phone out and he was like you know pleasuring himself which is odd right but i know some boys that do do that where you're in a room together and one guy's in the corner and he's watching zorn and he's like you know whatever like it's like it's strange don't get me wrong but i know there's some kids that do that it's <laughs> it's really odd but i know that is the case so people are posting all these extra amazing memes there's one here going saliba spotting tom garrett in the crowd when also played west brom in the fa cup next season it's got the iconic video clip of like um Lewandowski and uh what's his name marco rios um you know seeing each other for the first time in opposing teams for british domain by me which is really funny um you got loads of really interesting little clips that are being shared on my side of twitter but again it's a very in the grains in the weed sorry like uk banter type of thing if you get it you get it if you don't you don't so if you want to check it out you know obviously do the little search and find out um what's going on i'm not going to point you to the direction of what the videos are because they're quite weird in in that it's meant to be banter but it's not really in my personal opinion but if you're curious you know what google is you know what twitter is search for yourself and you can find it out and you can find it out okay so to get back into some unfortunate serious um news and update this is actually some i guess good news i guess off the back of this really terrible situation but this is courtesy of bbc it says brianna gay's um killers have given given a life sentence for her brutal murder so i think most of you will be aware or know about this young trans person in the uk called brianna gay who unfortunately was killed by two teenagers also um i think it happened like last year or maybe the year before that and it was a really brutal murder i think she got stabbed like 28 times or something um it happened in broad daylight also like in the park somewhere and it was a really heinous cruel crime and of course when they um went to investigate and find out who did it when they invest when they eventually went to arrest the suspects they found loads of evidence on their phones and bits of paper that basically um pointed in the direction that this was mostly a hate crime and that both of the people basically um didn't like brianna deep down even though they pretend to be a friend especially one of the persons involved which is the girl they actually were plotting for her to you know for her murder for a while and they had different other pieces of papers or that they were plotting for other people's murder so it was a really tragic story and um, it kind of gripped the nation really for lack of a better term especially because there was a lot of conversation around whether this was the consequence of all of the hate mongering all of the culture war stuff that happens online and maybe this is like the consequence of it so far we haven't had any any real evidence to show that those kids were watching certain things whatever that led into this road but it is quite concerning that kids that young could have that much level of hate in them for somebody else you know a way of life or, or how they choose to present themselves or whatever it may be it is quite bizarre um but you have to also keep in mind one of the murder um one of the murderers was if i'm not mistaken i think he's got a developmental age of like seven or something even though he's like 18 and at the, or 17 or something along those lines and the girl herself has already got her own issues so both kids are not you know all the way there but still it's no excuse for what happened so you know um, rest in peace brianna gay and 
you know the good thing is that the killer's obviously been sentenced to life but still um crazy to see somebody so young be, be killed in such a heinous and cruel way especially by people who professly you know professed in their um documents and stuff and all the information and evidence that they hated her because of how she presented um so let's read the article itself it says brianna gay's killers have been given a life sentence for a brutal and planned and sadistic murder um scarlett jenkinson eddie ratcliffe murdered a 16 year old in the park in Cheshire in February 2023 to be fair it's pretty good that they've been able to wrap it up really fast if I'm not mistaken the kids were really you know for lack of a better term really dumb um in terms of how they planned the murder in terms of it being in broad daylight in terms of them running down the street with loads of CCTV cameras and jumping on buses all this sort of nonsense um and they basically arrested them the next day if I'm not mistaken the murder happened on whatever they arrested them literally the next day um so maybe that's why it's arrested so quickly but it's good that they they've put some closure on it because you know usually these type of things get drawn out so it's good there's some sort of closure and um the family I guess can try to move on up I'm assuming there is no moving on but let's just continue mr justice yip said jenkinson was motivated by a deep desire to kill while ratcliffe's motivation was in part hostility to brianna's transgender identity she was given 22 years and ratcliffe was detained for 20 years which is quite rare for kids especially in the uk for an actual teenager to be given a life sentence is pretty rare usually a teenager will usually be given like a sentence in accordance with their age and then if they and then when they become a quote-unquote young person that sentence gets reviewed and then if they've obviously not behaved or they've not shown any remorse or whatever contrition then maybe some extra time gets added on because you know people the, the courts are not you know i'm not sure this person could be a valuable member of society and re-enter society and shit but the fact that they gave him that sentence so early on is probably proof that within the investigation interviews you know whatever it may be um questioning sorry there was obviously a feeling from the police officers that these kids were you know this was intentional this wasn't some like crazy thing that just happened in the blink of an eye this was planned and um, premeditated all that malarkey so um i'm sure once the other details come out it'll probably be a bit more sick than what we actually know and probably a lot, a lot more darker but these conversations do need to be had in out loud to be honest with grand these kind of things so we can stop these things happening again it continues both teenagers were 15 at the time imagine killing another kid at that type of age especially that level of hatred 15 years old jesus christ and um, the murder um, at the time of the murder and are now 16 and could be seen um staring straight ahead as the judge showed no visible reaction as they were being um sentenced sentencing the pair at manchester crime court the judge said she did not want to dwell on the murder itself but but it was brutal with brianna selling um sorry with brianna suffering 28 stab wounds taken together um the injuries point to a very sudden sustained and violent assault sally brianna um, can't have lost consciousness immediately and she must have been aware that she was getting attacked and obviously those are the two killers there um absolute scum of the earth to be honest so glad that they're going to be able to rot in prison for a long time Brianna's family was sitting across the several benches her father peter spooner nodded as jenkinson's sentence was handed down the killer's relatives were also present Jenkinson's mother could be seen crying at the hearing concluded mrs justice miss justice yep said Jenkinson's fantasy to kill had become a reality when lured to Brianna park could you imagine what it must be like in that small town for the for, for this girl's parents the one that killed the transgender girl imagine now what she has to move you're going to be looked at as a pariah of the local community that's a real horrible thing about you know these type of situations it's obviously you destroy your own life 
but you also end up destroying the life of your family who you leave behind you know you have no idea what they're going through day to day yes you're going to be struggling yes you're going what you're going through but you deserve it because you did the heinous crime anything's coming to you is well deserved but the family you live you leave on the outside i didn't have to pick up the pieces especially if it's a small town especially if they don't have the means or the money or the access or whatever to move somewhere else they're not having to kind of pick up their lives in this small town and basically try and live a normal life when really they can't yeah i can only imagine how difficult that must be um it continues while well, she acknowledged that Jenkinson had been driving force behind the plan and she said that she would be wholly wrong to treat uh, Ratcliffe as being under Scarlet's control. I think this kid, even though he's developmentally a bit slow, they said in the interviews that he wasn't that slow. You know, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, there was something wrong with him and she was the mastermind behind the whole attack. But from what they've been basically saying is that from the investigations and questioning, he was clearly of sound mind enough to know right from wrong. So clearly it's good to see that that was happening. And, you know, the person wasn't able to get away with like acting like there's something wrong with them. So they couldn't get a sentence, which is always, I've always felt like that's a real coward's way to go out. Right. If you decide to do something that heinous and that hateful, you should just, you know, you should basically be able to stand on your shit, especially if you actually believe in what you're, you know, you actually believe the intent to, you actually believe in what you did and the intent behind it. Like then, you know, kind of, you know, trying to claim craziness and all that sort of stuff is just so cowardly. It really, really is. Um, she added that the messages sent, sorry, um, it, she added that the messages sent by Ratcliffe were transphobic and dehumanizing, adding that he undoubtedly displayed hostility to Brianna based on her transgender identity. Um, in the victim impact statement read out in the court before sentences were handed down, Brianna's mother, Esther Gay, um, said that Jenkinson and Ratcliffe would always pose a danger to society. I would never want them to have an opportunity to carry out sadistic fantasies to another child. She added that the saddest thing to come to terms with was finding out that one of those charged with Brianna's murder was someone she believed to be her daughter's friend. Brianna's sister, Alicia Gay, also said she now struggled to trust new people as Brianna's friend who she trusted who ended her life. And that's obviously Brianna there that unfortunately passed away. You know what the really sad thing about this situation, which I read also that's really, really bad. Um, there was a crazy situation where I think the mum never actually met the friend, but heard the friend from Brianna. So said, oh yeah, I've, met, I've been out with this person, went to McDonald's, da, 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 da. And the, the, the immediate thing that brought came to mind was that I, I just think, unfortunately, if you have a child that is vulnerable or that could be vulnerable because of how they identify, because maybe developmentally how they are, whatever it may be, you probably do owe it to them to be very much in their business when it comes to their friends. You can't just let them, I guess, I guess it's, it's hard to say this because when it's kids, especially when it's teenagers, you kind of want that independence. You want that autonomy to kind of do your own thing, but you kind of have to be, you basically have to keep one eye open and be aware of who the friends are and put a name to face and shit and have their numbers and whatever it may be, or at least meet them so that you can be aware of who your kid is hanging around so that if something does happen you know where the point of contact is that's the only thing but the other sad thing about it forget that was that allegedly the killers had planned to murder somebody else there was another kid who planned to murder but that kid didn't answer a text to meet them somewhere and then the plan switched to brianna that's a really sad situation so can you imagine how you know um how um i won't say guilty but how bad that kid that survived felt 
that didn't end up meeting him like absolutely crazy um brianna's father said that being the father of a transgender child had been a difficult thing to deal with but he had been proud to gain another beautiful daughter we were forming a new relationship and these two murderers have stolen that from the both of us um her stepfather wesley powers told the court that while brianna had a large online following in reality she was very lonely vulnerable and in need of a close friend and that's what they took advantage of you know imagine that so because i think the they shared some of Brianna's social media posts on TikTok and clearly bubbly, clearly somebody that enjoyed a limelight online. But like most people who are extremely extrovert online, in person, she was incredibly introverted, um, always kind of hanging out by, by herself and stuff, not really having much friends. And you can understand why. You can understand why a small town, a transgender kid, there's probably not enough, there's probably not even a lot of probably gay people in that in that small town let alone transgender so can you imagine how lonely it must have been to grow up in that small town with that kind of identity and sort of like struggling to sort of like come to grips with everything so that's a really tragic thing about it like imagine super bubbly online really popular big social media following everybody on there encouraged because you can imagine tiktok is very encouraging very kind of welcoming to people from all walks of life whatever type of way you kind of swing and then suddenly you, when you put your phone down you're back to reality you're back to the cold hard world the cold dark harsh world and you know and now you're suddenly being set up by your friends you know what i mean for a heinous attack um both eddie and scarlett knew this and preyed upon her vulnerabilities acting as two predators in a statement um to the warrington guardian jenkinson's family said that they were truly sorry to brianna's family friends and those affected by this horror which has left their lives in turmoil in the last 12 months we've been beyond our worst nightmares as we've come to realize the brutal truth of scar's actions they added that they agreed with the sentences decision to name the pair and saying that our thoughts are with brianna and her family jenkinson's family also thanked esther gay for her incredible selflessness and empathy towards our family forever grateful for their overwhelming compassion that's quite nice because i wouldn't have that kind of compassion i'm not gonna lie i wouldn't be that forgiving or that compassionate to the family of you know the person that you know would murder somebody that i loved like it wouldn't happen but you have to give that mum esther gay a lot of credit um for basically holding her head up high and basically not putting any blame or ill attention onto the other family because it kind of really wasn't their fault yeah i mean they had no idea what the crazy daughter was up to in their flipping room um the 18-day trial heard how Jenkins and Ratcliffe had a fascination with violence and torture and murder. Uh, messages between the two showed that they encouraged one another to think about how they would um, actually carry out the killing. Both teenagers blamed each other during the trial. However, um, Deanna and Deanna here, um, here kc and um, prosecuting said jenkinson had admitted stabbing Brianan um to a psychiatrist after she was convicted mrs here said that she snatched a knife from eddie's hand and brian and stabbed Brianan repeatedly she said eddie had thrown Brianan to the floor and stabbed her three or four times then he panicked and said he didn't want to kill her so she carried on stabbing for a number of times so the boy started the shit he got scared in between um, got cold feet and then the girl carried on to quote-unquote finish her job absolutely crazy man when asked how many she answered a lot she was satisfied and excited by what she was doing um a crumpled handwritten note a murder plan to kill brianna was found in jacobson's bedroom floor following the arrest notes were also made on serial um killers including jeffrey dharma richard ramirez and harold shipman jacobson also drew up a second kill list of the staff and a secure youth accommodation where she's being held which refers to names of people um caring for her but you know what's a really sad thing and crazy thing about these kids 
allegedly they were messaging messaging each other on whatsapp and they somehow thought that if you just delete a message it just deletes itself like that's it there's no other trace of it so they were having all these detailed discussions about who they were going to kill in their school all through whatsapp figured to just delete the chat it was gone it's like god almighty bro honestly the naivety and the foolishness of youth sometimes is just absolutely crazy but um again love and light solidarity goes um out to brianna gay and her family r.i.p to brianna gay obviously um tragic tragic situation but i guess there's some you know solace in that the killers have now been brought to justice they're now going to be serving life in prison and most likely they'll probably will never get out of any kind of correctional facility in any way shape or form they probably will never end up being um you know valuable members or re-enter a valuable member of society in any way shape or form anymore going forward um which is good um kind of a life sentence in its own in that regard and yeah i don't know man i just hope this kind of in i hope this it probably won't but i hope it does kind of stem the tide of the nonsense debates that occur online regarding transgender people because i feel like it's so unnecessary you know a lot of the rhetoric and a lot of the bile or a lot of the fucking venom that gets spewed online in places like a lot of it is really coming from a point of like people wanting to exterminate people because they don't really agree with their lifestyle choices it's never really that deep and the unfortunate nature of it is that maybe most of us are just typing up online stuff that we don't like and you know screaming from our soapbox but sometimes all that vitriol and all that bile and all that violence and all that hateful speech sometimes has a reverberating effect and this is where it probably ends up maybe us older folk online are not really looking to fucking carry out anything in real life but sometimes those things can end up um you know can end up kind of traveling to other people um kids especially and then suddenly now it ends up in this type of situation which is really really unfortunate to flip and see so um rp to brianna gay and you know thoughts and feelings go out to her family thoughts and feelings go out to her entire family so moving on from this one moving on a quick way to talk about the whole the whole 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 alex cooper call it daddy situation because i'm not really sure what's going on here so most of you will know that rogan just signed a new deal with spotify where he essentially is going to be um still basically based with spotify but now distribution will be across the board right so it won't just be on spotify it'll be across the board great no problem and um, but now what i've seen is that there's another issue here with Alex Cooper Call a Daddy, which is, if I'm not mistaken, the second popular sort of like podcast within the Spotify roster. But from what they're saying on Variety, it sounds like she's got the same deal that Rogan's got, but it looks like without the money. I'm not too sure if they're like withholding the amount that she's been paid. I'm not really too sure what's going on there. But let's just quickly check um this article so it says courtesy of variety alex cooper called a daddy podcast now available on all audio platforms so let's see what they say here um daddy gang rejoice alex cooper's call a daddy hit interview podcast is now available on all major audio platforms after two and a half years exclusively on spotify yo big up richie appreciate you brother what's good what up ass and gang still haven't seen the ballet flats but hey what do i know you might be onto something cause now Barbary has ballet flats. No, 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 no. You're going to see the... 
<laughs> Burberry ballet flats. <laughs> no, we don't support racists out here, man. Fuck Daniel Lee. We don't support racists out here. Um, we, we don't support average designers. Do you know what I mean? That just get fucking platformed and risen up in the ranks because of their fucking race. Nah, we only support fucking Demna. Do you know what I mean? The Georgian King. Big up Demna. Um, but yeah, you'll see them. Trust me, you're going to see them. Trust me. I got, I got a plan in place. Just trust me trust me trust me but yeah big up richie appreciate you brother thank you for joining and big up this left show stream chat as well i see you there big up uche nice to see you coil i'm a g big up high def fingers nj ranger <laughs> you can save whatsapps honestly you guys are going to hell man i'm trying to talk about a serious topic here and you guys are making jokes about flipping <laughs> Crystalia's saving Snapchats. You guys are going to hell. I swear to God, you guys are going to hell. Um, AR, big up Cloud K20. Uh, big up everybody in stream chat. Honestly, big up all of you guys. But the ones going to hell don't big you up. Um, let's continue here. Full episodes of Cooler Daddy have been available um, on your Spotify since July 2021 under a three-year deal worth more than $60 million. As of this week, the audio-only version of Alex Cooper's hosted show is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, Amazon Music, and other services. Well, sorry, while Spotify will continue to have exclusive distributing rights for the video version of Cooler Daddy. I've always wondered... Why didn't the video portion, maybe video is really hard to do in the back end because I was always surprised that Spotify could never figure out the video thing. You know what I was more surprised about? Because of the music element. Because I always assumed Spotify being, because again, I don't use Spotify. I mostly use Apple Music. I was really surprised that Spotify didn't kind of lean into like the music side of things. Sorry, the music video side of things when it came to, you know, video. But that's why I thought maybe with this podcast video platform that I introduced with Rogan, they might have pushed it. But for some reason, it never really took off. It never really went anywhere. I wonder why. Maybe because everybody is so used to watching music videos on YouTube and stuff. That might explain it. But it never really went anywhere. But again, it might just be a back-end issue. Like I said, it's just really difficult to get video done well. Maybe the app itself, Spotify, is really clunky and buggy. The amount of times I've had my app crash on me, you know, randomly when I'm listening to Rogan has been annoying. But the video thing, they could never really sort it out. So let's see how that kind of progresses in the future. It continues. Spotify, after writing huge checks for exclusive rights to a popular podcast, has shifted its strategy and is now looking to maximize off-platform distribution and monetizations with a slate of audio originals. For example, as Trevor Noah's new interview podcast from Spotify Studios launched last fall across multiple platforms, Spotify still has a first-run exclusive rights on Joe Rogan Experience, which consistently ranks as its most popular show, but that deal is expiring. So I guess maybe this is an indication or a clear sign that Spotify is seeing the real money in podcasts is with ads. We've all known that anyway, right? I think do you remember before before Rogan signed with Spotify, I remember reading on the Rogan Reddit that allegedly he was making anywhere between like ten to thirty million before even Spotify. He was already making ten to thirty million. Now that obviously included everything but just imagine that includes a large chunk of it it's just podcast ads he was only making from that i'm sure it also included like youtube adsense and shit but i guess spotify has realized that the main money from a podcast is on his ads so if they can get a cut of the ads it can allow them to probably give people less money and it can also allow them to put the podcast on all platforms and then obviously you know and then basically in a way they become essentially a distributor themselves kind of right in a in a weird way it continues 
For years now, Daddy Gang has been asking um, to share their favorite Call of Daddy episodes with friends who aren't on Spotify. I'm so excited to share the news um, that my show will now be widely dis- distributed Sorry, to even more fans to enjoy. Daddy Gang can continue to watch Spotify, but now listeners can find Call of Daddy whenever they get their podcasts. The interesting thing about Call of Daddy, if you go on the Call of Daddy Reddit, everybody, I think the majority of people on there hate Alex Cooper. They think she's fake. They think the interviews are horrible. The show has kind of went off the rails. It's not as good as it once was. Even the people on Call of Daddy snuck. But even if people say this, people actually still listen to it though. It's still always really high up on the list. It's always like in the top five most listened to or most downloaded episodes and podcast, sorry, of the year and shit. So clearly she's doing something right. Even though everybody on Reddit says they hate the show, clearly they always tune in every single week because it's always at the top. And I don't think that's all payola. You know what I mean? It must be, she must be doing something right. She must be good at what she does. The interviews must be kind of interesting in some regards because people just keep coming back. So that's good to see. Past episodes of Call of Daddy, which Spotify has been, um, says has been number one most listened to podcast among women globally in the platform, became available on all major audio platforms starting January 30th. The first new episode of the show featuring guest Heidi Klum was published across audio platforms on Wednesday. I wonder if they've got, I wonder why they don't share more of that information in terms of, I guess they don't want to, because that's, that's part of their bargaining chips. But I wonder why they don't share more like demographic Im- information like how many women listen to podcasts when are they downloading it what race age socioeconomic level i think that would be quite interesting data to have a handle on but they don't want it but to be fair also if you're creating content you probably shouldn't know too much about who's listening to your stuff just put it out there because if you start listening if you start paying attention to that stuff and stuff that might inform what you start talking about on purpose i mean then you might start kind of trying to hone in on the flipping filipino community or something which is a bit strange let's continue here cooler daddy has amassed a huge fan base thanks to cooper's no hose barred style of discussing dating sex and mental health self-care and other topics spotify rested um rights of cooler daddy to bar her sports where the show originally gained a loyal following celebrity guests on call her daddy have included jane fonda da, 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 da. in 2023 cooper launched trending a media company aimed at gen z audiences and its subsidiary unwell network alongside her partner and fiance matt cowplan of ace entertainment the unwell network's initial talent signings included creators um alexi l alex l wow it's interesting with this spell alex that's a very LA way to spell Alex, isn't it? Yeah. A L I X Alex. Alex L. Madeline Argie and more signings expected to announce in the year. Last year, Cooper inked a deal with Spotify, serves as a ad sales and distributing partner for Unworld Networks. Bloody hell, this Alex Cooper girl is pretty smart, isn't it? She got an she got an ad sales distributing deal for her new Unworld Network. That's pretty cool. So she's got her own deal and then she's got a deal for a podcast network that she's obviously going to get all those girls on those pods some monies in their pockets. So cool to see. Again, um, I don't think they've given her Brogan money by the sounds of it. It just sounds like, again, they haven't announced anything. So maybe she got like, you know, maybe a re-up. Maybe she got another, a smaller minimum. But it doesn't sound like she got the big blockbuster um deal that Rogan got, as we can see here, the 250 million. But still, Cooler Daddy is now still on Spotify and obviously available on all other platforms out there, which is going to be kind of cool to see, you know, how it kind of broadens and kind of continues on going forward. But clearly what we're seeing now is, you know, the podcast bubble 
has burst in a way but i think it's more burst in the idea of like all of these platforms thinking that if they sign certain shows that they're going to get a massive influx of like new users it's not really a good way for user acquisition anymore it doesn't really work i think all the people that should be listening to podcasts or already listening to them i don't think there are like fresh people out there who've never heard of a podcast who are suddenly going to listen to them that's not really the case i don't think so so obviously most of these platforms are now deciding you know what fuck all that shit let's not give these guys crazy money just to get users on that app let's instead give them smaller amounts of money up front make it incentivized so that they have to do more good fun shows to get the ads up and then we take a cut of the ads that's actually a smart way to go about things and also you have to imagine i remember noticing it when i was commuting and i also noticed it when i went to like south america but i'm sure some of you guys have seen when i went traveling around like you know south central america south america and shit um i remember something that caught my eye that was very interesting when i was there was that most people consume youtube most people consume music in those parts of the world or even content podcasts mainly through youtube they don't even use podcast apps they're not on apple they're not on overcast they don't use spotify or nothing so it must be a hard thing to do if you're spotify to sign somebody exclusively because you kind of cut off a large part of the audience potential audience because some people just consume content differently there are probably some people out there that probably don't even listen to it through a dedicated player they just download a raw fucking mp3 I know I do that sometimes with Red Scare, right? Um, I know with Red Scare sometimes, I'll sometimes um, just download the raw kind of MP3 and listen to it in my own time, but I wouldn't listen to it for an app or anything. So if you get signed exclusively somewhere and I can't do that, then suddenly I'm not listening to it anymore. And I think a lot of things, a lot of that stuff happened with Rogan, but um, let's see what happens. And as it goes forward, um, I'm curious to see if we see another smaller comedy podcast get a deal. I wonder if that's going to happen. I don't think so, but I really do wonder. I really 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 do wonder um let's continue let's continue let's continue here hope you're all having a good time and you're enjoying the show and what you're seeing what you're hearing of course and if you're liking what you're seeing and hearing make sure that you like the stream down below that'd be greatly appreciated that would be greatly greatly appreciated so i also wanted to check out <laughs> this amazing clip actually courtesy of the black millionaires account on think on twitter that features gail king talking about this weird interaction that she had with a man that she was dating where he basically asked her for some money um to pay his child support he paid it back on time on the agreed time and but then she says it never made she never looked him the same way and i find this really interesting because it's a very different way that some women like to act about money online especially the ones that talk about dating all the time right they, a lot of them talk about oh yeah i want a man that makes a certain amount they gotta be doing this for me doing that for me but then the moment the roles are switched suddenly they speak like this where it's kind of like she's almost holding this thing over this guy's head and it's like I don't kind of understand why, because this woman's like in the top 1% of earners in the world, right? She's probably worth millions and millions of flipping dollars. So really and truly, what, what guy are you going to meet that's going to be like matching your level of money anyway, especially at that kind of age as she is, right? She's single and she looks like she might be in her 60s or 70s. It, obviously, the older you get, you'd imagine your, your options start to kind of dwindle, especially if you've got loads of money and you're big, you know, famous and shit. It's just going to be hard to kind of, you know, meet somebody that kind of matches your kind of financial status. So 
I find it odd that she was judging the guy for that. But let me just play the clip so you can hear what she says, because I find this clip really, really funny. Do you think you could lend me $4,000? Mm. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Ask what it's for. He said, yeah, it was for a, a child support issue. The fact that she said, oh, God, and the fact that she asked him what it was for, for me is really, really, really bad. <laughs> because I don't deny, and I think I've said this before in the pod, I think in general, especially when it comes to friends, the moment you have to start lending people money to, like, you know, live or to whatever it may be, especially those type of things, it unfortunately does do irreparable damage to the relationship especially if one person's up and one person's down but i also have a weird i don't know if this makes any sense but there's also a part of me that thinks that not a lot of people get the opportunity to make money it's just not one of those things that is granted to everybody not you know not everybody in the world is going to have the ability to become a millionaire it's just not within their destiny um for whatever reason right maybe because of the way capitalism is the way the fucking banking systems are societal racial economic whatever it may be we don't all have the ability to make like unlimited amounts of money so i sometimes think to myself maybe a way to kind of rewrite that balance is that some of us get to make a lot of money so that we can help other people I, don't, I know that sounds kind of woo woo and whatever but maybe that is the only option that's available like some of us get to make so much money that there's no other way that we can spend it we have to kind of help people and, and helping people is kind of something that we kind of get joy from so i think if you're that person and you've been blessed you know especially like someone like a girl king right to be the a best friend of flipping oprah and shit which is basically a meal ticket in its own because you know i don't i'm not too sure people would really care about girl king if she wasn't oprah's best friend aka lover whatever it may be but if that's the case you really should be a little bit more charitable with your p and not be so judgmental as if like you know this was all destined to you either because surely the oprah friendship is definitely part of the reason why you are where you're at in some regard yes of course her own work ethic perfectly added to it but there should be some level of humility around it really should be a little bit but let's read the details because maybe the details might give further explanation as to why she was so exasperated and annoyed when the guy asked her for money so let's see here the articles here courtesy of new york post it says her love um doesn't cost a thing when it comes to dating girl king is like most single girls looking for love she's often disappointed there's also a part of me that thinks if you're a woman of a certain age surely like love should be the last thing you're looking for maybe it should be companionship maybe it should be like you know just someone to kind of chill with in your later years of your life really should you be dating for love really you're like 60 70 years old like hang it up man what you're gonna be busting your pussy open at 60 like you're gonna be twerking and she has six, like really like what you want you want you want to celebrate valentine's day at fucking 80 what's the point <laughs> you know what i mean you're gonna be dead in a couple of years <laughs> just hang it up um the star of cbs this morning recently sat down for an interview with the pivot podcast and discussed her dating life with host ryan clark and channing crowder and fred taylor the 69 oh she's 69 okay cool oh she's 69 hey um who's not been in a significant public relationship since her divorce in 1993 she got divorced in 1993 and she's still looking for love yo babe maybe it's love is not for you 
maybe get yourself a couple of toy boys like Cher does, right? Someone to maybe knock your fucking back in, right? Or to knock your back in, right? To kind of be like a a sexual fucking chiropractor, right? In some regards. But looking for love, come on, bro. 1993. She she got divorced from a guy called Bill Bumpus. Bill bumped her, innit? All right? Bill bumped her, cool. Um, a Connecticut assistant attorney general revealed that her level of success and fame have often hurt her chances of finding a suitable match well duh there are women in their 20s women in their early 30s women in their 40s who are finding it difficult to find a mate when they're super successful right when they are type a driven um you know just super smart and clocked in and dialed in imagine how hard it is to find somebody that's a alive right you have to find somebody that number one is alive number two has the money to keep up with you and the life and the kind of you know the lifestyle to kind of travel around the world and all that sort of stuff is literally impossible <laughs> what's difficult is that most people say oh you're so intimidating says gail king right um somebody said to me once gail look at your shoes look at your bag look at your coat your friends with oprah um a guy looks at you and says i can't compete with that but my thing is it's not a matter of competing i'm looking for someone to compete I'm not looking for someone to compete. Okay, she's not looking for someone to compete, but then she gets surprised when the guy she picks asks her for four grand. Bro, four grand for you is probably like four dollars. Don't don't be annoying. Just give him the four grand and keep it moving, man. Let him keep blowing your back out. It's not a big deal. Honestly, bro. Why is she why is she bothered about why are you even taking it back to? That's how you know she's tight, right? Gail King's probably worth millions. The guy's just some regular dude. He's down bad. He needs some money to pay for his child support. And she lends him 4K and then she asks for it back. <laughs> and she takes it too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. When you're rich and you got money, that's what you should do. You should really be very, very frugal. I think most, that's what I said, most rich people are usually the most tight, right? The most tight fisted. They don't really lend too easily, but I guess that's how you keep your money. But imagine being worth millions in your you know chasing somebody for 4k 4k must be like it's not even four dollars it must be like 40 cents um you want somebody who has a sense of humor who's very secure who's not intimidated by whatever at all cost and that just sees you for you king who shares two children with their ex a daughter kirby and a son called william jr is also on the prowl imagine being 69 and being on the prowl honestly man have some dignity have some grace like get yourself a toy boy like everybody else and shut the fuck up looking for love at 69 is insane i went on a date and i was really excited very excited about it we'd gone on out maybe two months and then he said he really needs to talk okay to be fair to be fair to be fair to be fair to her this guy sounds like a fucking psycho you're dating somebody for two months and you start asking for money <laughs> okay i kind of take it back uh, auntie girl i take it back i take it back maybe you're in the right you're dating a guy for two months and he asks you for money <laughs> that's a bit wild um we've gone for me two months and then he said he really need to talk to me whenever somebody says this to you by the way people that are listening to me you will know this whenever anyone says to you i really need to talk to you <laughs> nothing good comes out of that it's always something always a request you're always going to be out of money out of time um you're going to have a headache something's going to happen you're going to you're going to be drained that's never a good request i need to talk to you he wanted to have a private conversation <laughs> away from away from oprah he was like don't tell oprah 
<laughs> the guy was like, don't tell Oprah. <laughs> don't tell Auntie Winfrey. Please. <laughs> Let's open another chat. Let's not do it in the group chat. Don't tell Oprah. <laughs> do you think you could lend me 4K? Honestly, owing 4K in child support and then asking the woman that you're beating to pay it for you is the blackest, most niggery thing I've seen. If this is a white guy, I'm going to be shocked. This sounds like a nigger thing to do. This sounds like a niggery, nignog, nigger thing to do. To ask a woman that you've been dating for two months to lend you money to pay child support is fucking insane. This guy deserves to be pushed in front of a train. When Oprah 70 learned of the request, her response to her best friend of decades was quite epic. What did she say? You know what Oprah said? God, I would have felt better if he had said 40,000. Huh. I was so crushed because she was somebody who was making, you know, six-figure successful. And when I said, you know what, could I ask for what it was for? Yeah, it was for a child support issue. and <laughs> It was for a child support issue. <laughs> it's for a rent issue a banking issue a car issue i love that word this definitely has to be a black guy a child support issue <laughs> and a pay and a payment on some furniture what he put a furniture on klana he clanned some furniture so he put the because the four thousand is a really interesting figure some of it is to pay, to pay child support and some of it is to pay for the chairs in his kitchen and shit that he put on Klarna. Yo, this guy's a psycho. Um, and, um, and to pay for some furniture. And I said to myself, oh God, this is just getting worse. While King did loan the guy the money, the thrill was gone. The relationship didn't last much longer because she didn't feel the same. So in answer to your question, is it difficult to date... Um, it's difficult to date she says yes i think so king still has some hope that she'll find a soulmate one day and shared her dating preferences on the pivot why are you looking for a soulmate at 60 honestly women's idea of love is so especially american women they're so disnified isn't it the disnification of relationships and love with american women is fucking interesting number one you're 69 look at your wig look at your fucking wig look at where the fringe is Look at what the parting is. Like, look at that wig. That wig, and she's looking for a love, a soulmate. Auntie, come on, bro. Just get somebody to knock you down, to hold you down, right? Um, Make your heart beat, you know, make you sweat and shit, right? Make you go, ah, ah, all that good stuff, whatever. But love, soulmate, at 69 years old, and you're a fucking multi-millionaire, um, you know, in the, in the high multis, super famous, who are you going to find out there that's what so you're so essentially in a weird way she's hoping to find somebody she's hoping that some guy out there that's eligible is gonna ha his his wife is gonna die that's what he's hoping for he's hoping she's secretly hoping some guy out there wife dies before she dies so that she can take him <laughs> that's what she wants she wants some eligible batch some some eligible old dude out there who's in a really loving relationship a really loving long marriage you know five plus decades he she's hoping secretly that that wife dies in a skiing accident somewhere right and that she can go and then you know comfort the husband well but i mean comfort i mean little rub and tug and then she can kind of take him and then boom they're together because who are you finding at that age 69 years old come on woman it's not like she's 69 and she's like you know down 
she's like a she's been like a big woman for a long time she's been an auntie for ages so it's not even like she's like a fun 69 do you know what i mean she's not doing any lines she's not going to the club she's not really drinking drinking or staying up let, let me what, what's like do you know what i mean like, like what, what are you doing then you're just going on walks <laughs> you're playing sudoku like allow it man allow it um i really am attracted to men of color men of color hmm she likes red blue yellow green i just am i love how a black man says motherfucker yo gail auntie gail is thirsty auntie gail is gagging i love how a black man says motherfucker and baby (laughs) auntie gail wants to get her back blown out badly god damn it auntie man have some fucking and then auntie this is grandmother isn't it like nanny man nana nana king nana gail you need to chill nana nana you need to chill you need to chill (laughs) there's something about the way a black man says it i'm just attracted to that they gotta have something else too though and what what really matters what really is most attracted to me is a sense of humor come on get out of here you just said you like a guy that says motherfucker a guy that says motherfucker is not gonna be doing eddie murphy routines in the bedroom he's just gonna be laying down pipe that's what she wants which is okay but let's not conflate the two right um i want someone makes me laugh no you don't you want someone makes you scream (laughs) just say what you mean man what really is more attractive to me sense of humor kindness you always have to you always get me with kindness um so if you would ask please gail can you lend me four thousand pounds four thousand dollars maybe that would have helped didn't it hey gail could you please lend me four thousand dollars could you please cash up me four thousand dollars for my child support and just some tiny tiny chairs <laughs> just a small furniture issue i have <laughs> holy shit i like to see how they interact with other people someday um somebody you can talk to well huh look at look at this girl look at this, look at this woman's life I like to see how they interact with other people. Somebody you can take to the White House and the backyard barbecue. What? Who is this guy? Who is this man that she wants to meet at 69? She wants to meet a guy that is independent, has his own money, is kind, has got a dick on him, can make her laugh. He can be taken to the White House. He's White House ready. He's barbecue ready. <laughs> he says, motherfucker. <laughs> like what more does she want what did like he what he, he's he got a fucking he's a what he used to be a quarterback in fucking college or something like he could bench 225 10 times like what more do you want bro this list is fucking crazy <laughs> okay somebody to the white house to the barbecue proper grammar really matters to me and somebody who can make you laugh so he has to be well read he has to be well read right he has to be single so maybe his partner died but he can't be grieving right he has to be single but not grieving he has to be rich but not like playboy rich he has to be cultured but not like you know too niggery he has to be (laughs) like these requirements are insane king also explained that while her ex-husband did have many of the qualities she was looking for he was sadly a cheater who is this Bill Bumpus that she was married to? I want to see what he looks like. What does Bill Bumpus look like? Who is this Bill Bumpus that she, that cheated on her? Was that him? 
he's young, bro. Is that Bill Bumpus? How old is he? He looks too young to be. Wow. Okay, Gail. I see where you're going now. I see where Gail King's going. This is her vibe. All right. Now we see what Gail King's on. Because this man looks like he's in his like 40s now. He must be like 40 or 50. Fucking hell, Gail King. Bill Bumpus was bumping, isn't it? Eh? He had that fucking bald head right up on her head. Just. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Bill Bumpus was letting that tang fly. Fair play, Bill. Fair fucking play. Look, look at how she used to smile. Have you ever seen Gail King smile like that before? That's what she wants. She wants to smile like that. Have you ever seen Gail King smile like that? Look at look at look at that smile. Look at that and compare it to the New York Times. Look look what she look look at that. <laughs> look at that. That's the face of a woman who had to lend some guy she was seeing for two months four grand. Like fuck, you know. But when Bill had her look, Bill had her grinning from teeth from from ear to ear bro she was smiling she had her arms out neck showing a little bit of fucking nanny cleavage there right a little bit of nanny cleavage right she probably walked down the fucking aisle you know the corridors of the white house just smelling like fucking cocoa bar and shea bar and shit right just glistening you know smelling like a you know that granny smell that's put those perfumes and shit on right she had her fucking pantyhose on and shit just shaking that little money maker down the fucking White House corridors, right? Because you know that Tang is tanging as well, right? She's probably got a big wagon on her, Girl King, right? Just just waving that thing in the air like a fucking flag. You know what I mean? That shit was not on half mass. That was full mass. That shit was up in the air. Bill Bumpus walking by her as well with his little fucking pocketbook out there. Like, they were living the life. And now, look at her. Now, look at her. Now, she's out here lending guys she's dated f- for four months 4k looking just miserable bags under her eyes wig you know wig is completely twisted the other way <laughs> she's going through it man she needs some help fair play i take it all back give give girl king everything give her some love man she needs to smile again girl king hasn't smiled like this since fucking 2005 you know i mean she's not been smiling like this since 2005 <laughs> she's been out here fucking you know, holding fucking Oprah's pockets, right? She'd been holding Oprah's pockets like they're in prison. Oprah's walking around the yard and Girl King standing there holding her pockets. She wants to hold someone else's pockets now. She <laughs> she wants to hold somebody else's pockets. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Girl King. Okay. Oh, fucking K. Let's see how that rolls. But I think we can all profess that we've been in situations like that where unfortunately, you know, the money situation does kind of add a different complex to things. Um, I remember there was a time when I used to grow up um, in an area that I used to live in and ends and stuff. And there was these two boys that I was like really close with. Um, but you know, in boy, boy groups, there's always like a side thing going on. I don't know if you guys are the same thing, but there's always like drama that you're not aware of. So we were all good friends, all three of us. They, they were the boys I used to kind of go, the names of Brian and Claudio, right? Two of my like best friends that I kind of went to school with Brian and Claudio. And um, we used to always kind of go to like play football together. And then we always go to like Rumford and Lakeside and Trocadero and, you know, Braintree. And I don't know, all these weird places to go and try and pick up girls and shit, right? It was fucking brutal. It was awful because I was so bad at it when I was younger. It was fucking terrifying. But I do really, 
I am thankful for that time because it kind of helped me kind of get over that fear of talking to people, especially girls and shit. And I think when I got older, it definitely put me in good stead because even I didn't have much money, you know, whatever, I didn't look a certain way. I always had like good quote unquote riz because of that kind of schooling early on where we would go every weekend and go pick up girls and stuff or attempt to, right? And try and get their numbers. But in a boys groups of friends, in a, in a boy friendship groups, I'm sure you're aware of it. There's always little dramas, little issues going on between other people that you're not aware of. So later on in life, right? Later on in life, you know what happened? I found out later on that basically Brian in our group, the boy Brian, he was basically the one that had the most money because he's, I think basically, basically, you know, in ends, if, if one parent works a full-time job, <laughs> that person's rich, right? But I guess he had two parents that had two full-time jobs. So he had loads of money. And, um, and yeah, I think he was an, I think it was just him and his brother. So, you know, whatever. So for whatever reason, Brian and Cloudy got, had got into a situation where they were lending each other clothes, which I never understood. That's a, that's, I've never gone that far. Like I've never gone that far. The clothes and shoes thing, it's never been my thing. I've, I think I've bought a pair of like old shoes from somebody. Oh, here, can, can I buy these old air maxes from me that you don't wear anymore? But I've never borrowed stuff from people. Like it's just odd. But anyway, they got into this weird deal. Well, they're borrowing clothes from each other and if anything i think the clothes thing i'm not gonna lie if when i think back to it i think that's what led to the breakup of the friendship group it was never the same again because there was a situ there were situations where i think i've seen i think you guys have seen it in skits that drewski does and stuff where like the boy's got on a jacket he's talking to a girl and then the the, the guy who lent the jacket to him is like coming over there um that's my coat you know that's my coat right don't get that shit dirty we're talking to this girl that kind of stuff there's that kind of dirty macking that goes on with guys where they're kind of jealous that you're talking to the girl that they want and then they try and make it obvious that they lent you the, you know it's just odd stuff so i think that sort of situation is what led to that our group breaking up i'm, I'm not gonna lie that weird like and again i i just don't understand that thing like the money thing fair enough we all get into some sort of like financial difficulty um, uh, emergency comes up whatever that's one thing but being in a situation where you're borrowing clothes and shoes from people is odd very odd especially when you're young men you're going through the wave you're going through it's just it's an odd thing i've never understood that but i think looking back at it that definitely led to the deterioration of our group because you know like can you ever look at someone the same again if you lent them a jacket like can they really talk spicy to you like can can they really say anything to you in their chest when you lent them a hoodie <laughs> it's almost impossible like can you come on man i'm not taking you seriously do you know what i mean i had to lend you trainers to, to, to go on a date you know what i mean like come on <laughs> so i don't think they ever saw each, i don't think they saw each other the same again the person that was asking for the thing probably felt bad for asking and felt less than and the person that was giving it felt weird that they were giving it yeah you know i mean and probably looked like how damn bad are you that you don't have a hoodie you know like that kind of i don't know i don't know i don't know don't wrong yeah i don't know, get into it too much um but yeah big up um big up 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 what are you saying here in the stream chat um your big up fashion road man i appreciate you brother what are you saying here man said lakeside from london oh, is he, are you going to exhibition to prove his rears already yeah of course of course brother like there was it wasn't even like a i wouldn't even say we didn't even view it as an expedition it was just it was just like a thing you had to do like how's like how else are you going to talk to anybody how else are you going to try and like i don't know you just like how else are you meant to do it like the girls in that especially when i where i grew up the girls in my area 
they were not giving us any love because most of the girls in our area were dating older dudes that had cars and shit. What, what, what are they going to do with us? We're riding down the street in BMXs or bikes that are stolen. Remember back in the day, like people would steal bikes in the area and you'd get like house paint. So like regular spray paint, just spray it white. So people will know it's, it's stolen. It's like, it's obviously been stolen. So these girls in the area are, date, are dating dudes with cars and we're trying to pull them with stolen bicycles. We had no chance. So we had to go far. We had to travel like Christopher Columbus. <laughs> we had to travel like Christopher Columbus. We had to take advantage of young women outside of our postcode who didn't know much English. <laughs> we hadn't seen black people before. You know what I mean? That's how we had to win. It's not, it, I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but <laughs> that was all I had. I was young. I was rock hard. <laughs> I was young and rock hard and needed and needed an outlet. You know, when you're like 16, you're in school and you just get a fucking bonus so hard it hurts. You know, it kind of makes you go into a state of shock. That's how I was. So I kind of needed an outlet. You know what I mean? I needed an outlet. So I apologize to all those... um you know, young ladies in Lakeside, in fucking, you know, Braintree, you know, in Grays, in Ilford, in all these places that we went to, to go and hold something down. And uh, yeah, good situation. Good situation. I cannot lie. Man cannot lie. Man cannot lie. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on quickly. Um, can I just mention this? This doesn't really mean anything. It's a really stupid post to really speak about, but I just wanted to highlight it because I think this kind of displays to me some of my contempt and dislike for the sneaker scene, sneakerhead, streetwear, and part of the constant like friction and angst I have with that scene because I've met so many of these type of guys in my life and they just grind my fucking gears. So this random video features Brooklyn Dom of the world-renowned um, Brooklyn Projects skate shop, streetwear, emporium, whatever it may be. And um, yeah, just watch the video, hear the clip, and you'll see what I mean why I got so infuriated. <laughs> Yo, are you wearing the trophy rooms in the rain right now? Dude, I fucked up. I didn't realize they were. Bro, you have to open the gate right now. What do you think? Dude, what the fuck? We're gonna, actually, let me, let me, put a bit, let me put a bit right down. Let me put the bit right down. One more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. Yo, are you wearing the trophy rooms in the rain right now? Dude, I fucked up. I didn't realize they were. Bro, you have to open the gate right now. What do you think? Dude, what the fuck? You're tripping, bro. Come on, you could have gave those to me. What the? I'm getting my socks. You have socks now, right? Well, I'm getting the bottoms clean at least. Yeah, at least, at least that's working. You coming in this way? No, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good over here. So as you can see, there's this guy Brooklyn Dom who's kind of, I guess it's an American thing where 
maybe because Americans are a bit more precious about limited edition shoes and they have this whole idea that wearing limited edition shoes in the rain is weird and you should never wear your shoes too much. You should keep them in a box or you should have them on weird white Ikea shelving in your bedroom like they're pieces of art or something. It's all stupid and dumb. But in general, this kind of content he's making is basically rage bait for 16-year-olds. And this man... As you see in the video, he looks like he must be in his 60s or something. I know he doesn't dress like it, but he's definitely like a big older dude with kids and shit, and maybe even grandkids. And he's putting, he's creating content to trigger teenagers. Can you imagine how perverse, how weird, how fucked up the streetwear industry is? I'm actually surprised. I'm not going to lie, not to do with him, but I'm actually surprised there hasn't come more stories out of streetwear and sneakers or sneaker industry of like store owners touching up kids because the way some of these older dudes love to hang around younger boys has always really not really sat well with me especially the ones i like to dunk on them or like to flex on them it's like bro you're 60 of course you can afford everything you were here you started fucking wearing trainers when sean stussy first started sketching fucking surfboards in the back of his new fucking sketchbook of course you know you have everything because you were here first doesn't mean because you have any you're any smarter than anybody but they'll flex their knowledge flex what they have on kids on actual kids coming up in the scene as if it's anything worthwhile it's like it's not that worthwhile my friend it really isn't you just were here first that is all it is and now he's here trying to create this weird rage bait content um on his account for shoes that aren't even worth that much you know considering the resale industry and the market how it's like yeah wearing a pair of you know jordan one trophy rooms that are worth that are reselling for two grand or whatever or close to 1500 is something but it's not really that much of a big issue anyway there are like if you really wanted to make a stamp for it you know there are some paris dunks you could have probably worn futura dunks that go for like 10 50 20 000 grand maybe even what the dunks that would have probably you know sat a bit different but he's not going to do that because those are obviously worth way too much but you know when you get sent a pair of free jordans because you're a store owner and you have a fucking nike account you have relationships that's not really that big of a deal really do you know what i mean it really isn't um maybe there is an underlying message in, the, in terms of just letting people know big up fatty wap appreciate you bro for the super chat much appreciated no message there but thank you anyway i do appreciate you there my friend i do appreciate you um I don't, you know, like, again, I just think this whole thing is just infuriating. I flipping hate it. And I just wish it wouldn't be a thing. But clearly there are people in streetwear that think this type of content, this type of attitude still is a way to kind of go. And again, it's just sad because I remember coming up in the scene myself and really having no respect for those type of dudes. Because I remember those are the type of dudes I used to be arguing with on fucking forums. And I remember thinking at the time, I remember one time it clicked me, I was thinking, hold on, I'm arguing with actual 40-year-olds like that have kids on Crooked Tongues forums or Fifth Dimension forums or Super Future and stuff back in the day. And these guys were like guys who worked in the industry and shit, like just holding on for dear life and not wanting to accept that their time had come to kind of move aside. It's very, very odd and bizarre. Um, and it kind of maybe explains why, especially some of these Gen Z kids are just doing their own thing. They've just got their own little platforms. They've got their own kind of YouTube pages that they put shoes on and stuff. They do their own little shoots and stuff because some of these old motherfuckers don't want to step aside. Like why is even Brooklyn Dom still out here wearing fucking cargoes and Jordans anyway? 
shouldn't you be fucking you know taking your kids to school shouldn't you be in a park somewhere playing catch with your kid or something like why are you still out here doing this whole game in the first place it's fucking odd and bizarre it's strange it's lame it's fucking dead and if anything um it's good to see that people are calling it out myself included i'll give myself a pat on the back but i think in general it's just not really sitting right with most people because you know you try and think this is actually going to go somewhere but most people are looking at you thinking hold on you're an actual dork you're an actual adult dork so it's good to see people kind of reacting to it in that sort of way because me personally i see that sort of stuff i'm like mm, you're kind of lame you are kind of lame for doing that so go and dance on something if you may please go and dance on something if you may but again what do i know when it comes to this stuff absolutely nothing i don't know anything i know jack crap i know jack crap one thing i always wanted to mention i've noticed recently the gym that i go to there's a guy that i'm starting to notice who i really started to despise from afar i've said this before plenty of times that i actually do think there is a beauty and a utility to going to the gym and not speaking to the point where sometimes if somebody comes up to me while i'm doing my workout on the squat rack and they ask for a plate i just nod I just put a finger up. I just mouth. It's okay. I don't even try and even if I'm going to use it, I don't even want to get into conversation. I don't want to back and forth. I just want to be able to do my work and go home. I think you shouldn't treat the gym as a place to flip in, you know, like to socialize again. It should just be a place where you go to work out and you go home. This whole idea of like, making it a social hangout where you're i see guys like spudding each other hugging each other all this shit it's like bro like come on man leave that stuff to other places you don't need to check turn every you know place where there's people into an opportunity to make friends it's just so annoying but i've noticed this one dude personally this one dude who i've noticed who's really starting to get under my nerves or really starting to sorry grind my gears this one guy that i've noticed you know what he does he goes around and he kind of does these little encouraging fist bumps to people. And one time I saw him handing somebody like a like a like a toilet like a like a paper so he can wipe himself or something. Like he noticed, oh yeah, you're sweating. Here's a paper. I'm like looking from afar, like, huh? And then the other day he tried to make eye contact with me whilst I was like getting my plate. He tried to like make like some sort of eye contact with me to like be like, yeah, I see you. It's like, nah. I just looked straight past him. I did the whole like, you know, fucking ten yards stare, look straight in between his eye, you know, straight between his eyes, free fucking forehead out to the back. It's like, nah. Don't start giving me fucking talk. Don't start that. We're not boys. We're not. Don't give me no chatty patty nonsense. Nah. I don't even want people to hear what I sound like in a gym. You don't, you don't need to hear my fucking voice. All you're going to hear is, <coughs> that's what you're going to hear. You're not going to hear my opinions. You're not going to hear my tone of voice, my accent, my views on fucking Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez. No, you're going to hear jack shit. You're just going to see me working out and going home. And I hate those personalities of people that want to make it into a thing. Cause you see those type of dudes, the guys that are like, you know, always making some ha ha he he to the girls the ones that always spudding people um the ones who are like looking at like there's this one guy in the gym who i i kind of like him to be fair but he's really extra i like him but he's really extra um he's the he's the olympic weightlifting dude right olympic weightlifting dude and he's like sla he's sla like i think i slam bars but he slams bars like he does he does flipping <laughs> He does clean and jerks, right? And when he's at the top, 
when he cleans the thing, he literally like slams the barbell on the floor, like, and it bounces. Yo, the Olympic weightlifting dude, he makes noise, like he sm- like he slams his feet. He was always wearing weightlifting shoes. And if you know anything about weightlifting shoes, you know weightlifting shoes have a really like hard cork kind of bottom or heavier bottom, right? To basically anchor your feet a little bit, right? To give you more stability. So when he's when he's jumping, he's always like slamming his feet on the floor. He's smashing the barbell. People are always kind of looking and making faces and shit. He doesn't give a fuck. But I like him. But he makes a lot of noise. But, you know, again, he's working out. But everybody else is there trying to talk, trying to hang out. It's like, you know, like, I don't know. Even the guys that, even the guys that are going to the gym, like, in pairs, in pairs, in groups. Like, are you, are you, like, are you a woman? Like, what is wrong with you? If it's a girl, fair enough, you know, they need flipping emotional support and, you know, some sort of whatever that they need for that shit. But as a dude, have some shame going to the gym in a, with a group, with another man to hold your hand. To, for emotional support to like spot you bro if you need to be spotted my my rule in spotting people in the gym is this if you need someone to spot you you shouldn't be doing that weight if somebody needs to spot you you should not be doing that weight put the weight down do something you can handle it's not my it's not people's responsibility to like be holding a barbell for you and helping you or, or standing behind you holding your waist like you're gonna whine nah i don't want to hold your waist I don't want to hold your barbell. I don't give a shit about your reps. Like, leave me alone. Leave me out of this. Don't bring me into your fucking workout. I'm not your fucking assistant. I'm not your fucking girl king. I absolutely hate it, man. I hate people. Oh, can you spot me? No, just take off the place of the barbell, man. Why are you asking me to spot you for? What's the point anyway? I'm going to spot you in a weight that you can just about pull, push or press. You're going to be struggling, you know, for it, like making noises and shit, your arms shaking. What's the point of that workout? It's no, you're not getting anything from it anyway. Just take off the fucking plates on the barbell and do like everybody else does and just do the stuff that you can actually handle. That's what most people should be doing, but they don't. Instead of just trying to do those type of things to kind of act like they're hard and stuff. It's like, nah, man, I'm not I'm not here to be your flipping gym mate. I bloody hate it. I swear to God. It's one of the most it's one of the things I hate the most out of going to a gym is that kind of forced communication that people do where they want to start like, oh look, we're in the same place. We should be talking, we should be friends. Like, nah, we shouldn't be friends actually. If anything, we should be less than friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no more of that. You've got your own friends outside of this. You don't need to fucking add me to your Rolex of friends. And who, just because we're in here as well, who just, what makes you believe I'm a good person? I could be a horrible person. Like, why are you so enamored with me in this regard? It's not, I don't know. I fucking hate it. But hey, what do I know? What do I know? Moving on, let's jump on to the Pharrell Williams interview. So, this Pharrell Williams interview, actually, I think, actually, Fashion Roman was the one that told me about this, but I haven't checked it out. I literally haven't watched a single minute of this. I went to save it so I can react to this in real time. So, big up Fashion Roman for the heads up on this one, right? So, Pharrell sits down, I think, with Vogue and speaks about his Louis Vuitton's journey so far. And I've got a feeling it's going to be legendary. So, I want to hear what he has to say about stuff. Um, Already, the glasses are infuriating. (laughs) the shades he has them just piss me off but let's see what Pharrell has to say because I'm curious to see what he has to say about his Louis Vuitton journey going forward I wonder if he's going to do his whole like namaste fucking you know um, grift that he's on as well you know about is he going to talk about women and women empowerment all that sort of bullshit he's going to do something I don't know man he's just annoying that this this version of Pharrell is so fucking lame so let's see what he says I hope it's not too cringy but if you watch it already Please forgive me if you've already seen it, but I'm going to quickly go through it and see what he's saying in this interview because it might be 
infuriating. Let's see what Pharrell is saying. Let's see what Pharrell is saying. And also, I'm, I'm interested to know, is this on purpose that he's going by Pharrell and not Pharrell Williams? Is this like a fashion thing? Or is this like, maybe that's his fashion moniker, like Pharrell Williams, but then in music, in, no, in fashion is Pharrell and then in, in, in music is Pharrell Williams. Maybe, I don't know. But I find that interesting. He's just going by his first name. How do you feel about the importance of fashion's role in being culturally relevant or even shaping culture? You know, I hesitate to put responsibility on anyone or even sectors. Now, that being said, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, man. Do think that fashion can be an agent mm -hmm. of galvanizing and of enlightening people. I think it can be an agent, but I I hesitate to put that kind of like responsibility on anyone or or any particular like artistic discipline. But it how can you say that if you're Pharrell? Isn't the whole thing about you that you've been a person that's influenced culture based on your fashion? How is he? How is he arguing against this? Why is he not want to want to take any credit? Like I don't. Why is this a bad thing? Why is he pushed this away? Yeah, for real. Being a boys' club, babe. Like, huh? Ice cream. But it's always beautiful when art can do that, and art does do that. But then, what do you think your role is in like playing this part? Like, so the, this girl's now asking the same question the second time. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not getting the answer they want they're like dude you're fucking for real how could you not understand this question so bless this woman for asking the same question again the second time let's see how he answers it this time you said like you don't want to put responsibility on any brand or any uh, person but you agree that it's actually uh, having an impact yeah. in shaping culture yeah. so what do you think you by the way right um can i just make a weird comment observationally I find it really interesting. Fashion. Big up, Coiler. Appreciate you, brother. Heart-shaped glasses fund. <laughs> You'll never see me ever wearing that shit. Ever in a million years. Like, this, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. But big up, Quayla. I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that guy right now. I'm just going to watch the fucking stream, the, the interview. But big up, Quayla. Um, never wearing heart-shaped glasses. Never in a million years. I, I, I'd rather wear shutter shades than wear heart-shaped sunglasses. But I find this really interesting, right? I find it this. Given design and given fashion and whatever it may be, I find it really interesting that we still haven't found a way a chic way no we haven't find a chic way that still kind of ensures good quality that you can have microphones people some people pay faces like you know this is a podcast and it's just you know you're in this i guess showroom or the change room of a louis vuitton store and you're still sat in front of these horrible microphone stands with cables hanging off it's just there's no way to like record high level audio really 
on a, a podcast youtube style type of video without having these contraptions you know there's no actual other way to do it maybe apart from like building a full set and having like mics up up above or having lapel mics which are obviously it's a whole nother thing it's all these clunky kind of microphone stands and stuff it's just an observation i thought it's really interesting that like you can't really there's no way of getting rid of this shit you know it's just something you have to kind of live with you are playing in that part lead by example you know for me i see the beauty and the difference in people you know i think that what that which makes you different is what makes you special and we just need a little bit more of that that's an interesting point you make about a creative director role as a lens. On- <laughs> you said here in the chat that my face is too big for the glasses. <laughs> you guys are fucking cunts. <laughs> I don't think they'd get around my face. They'd probably be like splayed out from the front i'd have to i'd have to wear them down on my nose you know what i mean <laughs> to make them fit oh shit to be fair they don't even look like they fit him if you look to the back they don't even look like they fit him you know they don't even look like they fit him like to be fair to me on the world or lens on communities that are happening around you and i think in this moment there's a lot of confusion about what a creative director actually is because in different ecosystems and different markets it means a different thing what would you say is your view on, you know, Louis Vuitton is a house with codes and heritage. Do you see your role as kind of connecting that past, like vibrant, rich past with the future in some way, kind of being that bridging he force? Do jack shit. It's more like... There's a heavy cut there. There's a heavy cut in between there. He must have said some waffle. There's a heavy cut in there in the middle. I, I work with 55 different departments, over 2,500 soldiers, I call them soldiers. <laughs> uh, but this is like a love movement. Um, but Soldiers of love. Isn't that, isn't that like a um, a Sade song? I'm a soldier of love. No, isn't that a Sade song? I'm pretty sure. You have to conduct. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a huge orchestra. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's my job is to make sure that like everything is in harmony. You know? And to to weed out any of the dissonance, and just make sure that like it's a harmonious so you don't do anything thing, and that we move as a unit. And that's that's been such a pleasure. So what is he like a personality hire? Is Pharrell Williams a personality hire? I'm just there for the vibes. He he conducts the vibes. He's a creative director of vibes. Is that what you're trying to say? He's the one in charge of the Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Put a playlist on so we can design some new shit for real. Yeah, you got this. You know, I'm these I mean masterful artisans I'm surrounded by. So like it's great. Yeah. Now that you've been on the inside for a period of time learning from these artisans, what has really surprised you about some of the people you've worked with or has anyone said anything to you or asked you anything that really gave you pause that you didn't expect? It just continues to be a dream. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the most striking thing to me. Like I never experienced anything like that. It just continues to be a dream. But like if I don't have a job, but if I had one, it'd be very easy and hard at the same time, which is not to wake up. (laughs) What? 
I don't have a job. Yeah, you do. You're the creative director of Louis Vuitton Men's. <laughs> you just... <laughs> we saw the press release. We saw... <laughs> That's your job, no? Don't you also make music? Then you also have your own brand. You have jobs. What are they then? Or are you, you going to say that, that these are my callings? Like, what? <laughs> you have a job. <laughs> then you get like a check from Condé, well, not Condé, that's from, from LVMH every month for Louis Vuitton. Doesn't he get some sort of wire payment like sent to him? Like for the time that he's done his job or what it like? Huh? <laughs> that's it. All we do is dream. Mm-hmm. We, we dream and make dreams happen and we make manifest of dreams. We bring them to fruition. You know, it's very... In- <laughs> Rick Rubin nonsense, man. This is this Rick Rubin shit, isn't it? This just like, this waffling... I, I wish I could have this sort of life, man, honestly. We could just say things and get paid. Like, just saying, like, nonsense, empty words. Just like, run-on sentences, open-ended statements that don't say anything and just get paid like life must be good bro i mean just driving a tester's truck in your new fucking flared louis vuitton jeans like ah. interesting for me that you mentioned harmony this word so many times because harmony is actually a very important concept in chinese culture as well like we care about this and also these women are way too intelligent they care way too much about fashion for Pharrell. This is all going over his head. These women are trying to ascertain meaning from things that he's saying, but he's just saying words, you know? This is the sad thing about it. They actually want to, they want to like get something from this and Pharrell's just saying things, but they're trying their best to pull something from it that's like meaningful, but there's nothing there. I personally think so. These women are, they're trying their best, bless them, but I don't think Pharrell's saying anything worthwhile here love in a general term is also something like china is trying to embrace a lot yeah, exactly in our modern culture right. exactly right. but then exactly. i don't i think you are aware that in the fashion industry and in creative industry there has been a lot of discussion about a lack of diversity and inclusion uh, at different levels mm-hmm. so i was wondering like what do you think is the change that is necessary to happen in order to tackle the current issue or just make the fashion system become better that's actually a really good point you know when you think about when you think about who actually buys luxury fashion when you, when you think about who actually buys fashion with a capital f and you think of the lack of asian or people from that side of the world creative directors it's almost quite startling isn't it when you think about it really when you actually deep it I'm sure there are people behind the scenes who work on stuff, atelier, in the atelier and shit, pattern cutters and whatever it may be, fair, and maybe some stylists and photographers, but actually creative director roles, you know, there's a real lack of like Asian people anyway. And I wonder why that is. Like, why don't they get the roles? They know every like, if there's something to be learned from shopping, those guys shop. I mean, they buy a lot of shit. They're discerning consumers. They're very like, you know, they're, they're fucking, they're on the, they're on the front line buying shit season in season out, flying to shows and shit. And they never get roles and they never, but they never get spoken about in the conversations about diversity. When it comes to diversity, it's always just about like sexual orientation and black people. (laughs) That's all it is. It's no, it's black women, it's black guys and sexual orientation. It's never really about Asians. Asians always get left out of diversity hires when it comes to, or the diversity question when it comes to fashion. I wonder why that is. 
maybe there's not a lot of Asian people that actually go. No, I don't think that's true. Actually, even if I should remember, I say that that's completely not true. I've seen plenty of kids in U in UAL who are from Asian countries. I'm um, studying fashion and shit, so there's plenty of students out there doing it. So I wonder why they don't make that step up to become creative directors. You know, that's that's a that that's a question that really boils down to like equality. Your question, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that there's an interesting answer um, that has nothing to do with equality. It's equity. It's having more people of color to have their own businesses um, and to have their own brands and for the consumer base to support them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how we're really going to diversify wow. in this world. Like we can't, what we can't do as people of color uh-huh. is continue to try to find a seat at a table where we may or may not be welcome. Sure. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is like, there's room under the sun for everyone. Why don't we just build our own table? Why? But you're on the LVMH table. <laughs> what? <laughs> How can you say that when you're on you're on a table that's kind of like like cannibalizing all tables? Like, huh? Tables, mm-hmm. right? So that's what you're and, doing. Yeah, and <laughs> and and welcome who we may. And in this role, how do you find? Okay, I guess. Okay. Opportunities to empower people to build their own tables, so to speak. Uh, well, we do that with Black Ambition, mm-hmm. which the house is very supportive of. Um, it's run by like... <laughs> He's talking about all these Black initiatives in front of two Asian, this Asian people who clearly want to have that conversation. He's talking about Black initiatives only. <laughs> We have a uh, black. <laughs> Felicia Hatcher. Um, and they're like totally crushing it. But that that provides like strategic scaffolding and resources to black and brown concepts. And I think we just need more of that. You know, again, equality is awesome. You know, our parents and their parents and their parents they fought for equality mm-hmm. but i think you know equity is much more formidable and powerful because when you have equity you don't have to ask anyone can you have a seat at mm-hmm. the table mm-hmm. it's your table mm-hmm. and you can make as many chairs as you like mm-hmm. you know your your own cap table yeah <laughs> 100% <laughs> you know i think it's interesting what you say because you're right in this moment that Asian voices, the whole Eastern Hemisphere, a lot of generations of work of creative culture, and in China, certainly thousands of years of creative culture, we feel is kind of concentrating in this moment and manifesting in this moment where, you know, we've just had our Vogue China Fashion Fund, um, inaugural Fashion Fund winners announced recently. And it's the first time that we've really felt the world is paying attention to these new Chinese creative voices. Big up, Austin Casey. I want to hear what Tremaine Emery thinks about this law. Tremaine Emery's probably too busy counting his money, bro. He's making millions on those fucking um, on those trauma hoodies. He's making millions on those fucking trauma hoodies. He's not he's not worrying about anything about this. But big up Austin Casey. And I know that they'd be so curious to hear from you. What advice you have for them as creatives? Oh, first and foremost, um, you know, focus on your light. Be creative. <laughs> not- 
she gave this amazing detailed setup of a question specifically geared towards people from the asian hemisphere focus on your light (laughs) focus on your light (laughs) what (laughs) great advice never met him none of this matters if you're not doing something that is really interesting and striking Mm -hmm. focus on that um and you with the ubiquitous nature of the internet everyone's connected so it'll get out there oh for fuck's sake bro great advice from one of the most famous people in the world put your stuff on the internet and someone's gonna see it oh really just like your stuff right just like your stuff the stuff that got you the job at louis vuitton that's what they saw right what stuff was that again exactly nothing come on bro put yourself out there on the internet someone's gonna find you okay great advice great strategic advice thank you you know um there's no such thing as the greatest kept secret Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we just continue to focus on being great it's very different than it was 30 40 years ago (laughs) no it isn't how did you get the job if things are still the same why they give you the job if things are so different Why did you get? Why did they give the job to somebody who's got no experience? Somebody who's really famous but got no experience. Why did why they give it to? Because you're famous. It's, it's always been like this. Things are different. No, it ain't. Not really. Sure. You know, everything was like in a vacuum, but now, like I said, because of the internet, it's different. If you're really talented, you, they will find you. Somebody will find you. Somebody will get behind you. And I just, I mean, you know, just being over here and just seeing everything that's going on, man, it's really your time. It's your time. Like nothing is stopping you. Nothing. Nothing. There is you. You're in the position that they want. You're stopping them. (laughs) Your your appointment is stopping them to get that job. And if they keep, and if you keep selling those fucking bags behind you, you're never gonna leave. Nothing, nothing can, nothing can dim the light. And by the way, the light that I'm referring to is the light of the universe, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we know that. You know, what is he gonna start praying or something? What's happening here? The light of the universe, let it shine. There's a day and a night, but the sun does not set. The earth is just spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more time. What the fuck was that? Let's walk. I want to hear that again. Nothing is stopping you. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, can, nothing can dim the light. And by the way, the light that I'm referring to is the light of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, <laughs> we know that, you know, there's a day and a night, but the sun does not set. The earth is just spinning. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you know that, you realize the sun is always shining. So it doesn't matter if it's nighttime. And you can't see it. Doesn't mean that the sun is not shining in your direction. So once you know that. What about if you live in Iceland? What about if you live in Iceland? <laughs> what about for my Iceland mandem and geldom out there? What about them? What do you tell them? <laughs> when it's dark at 3 p.m. Is <laughs> the light still shining? <laughs> You realize you don't need the light or the acceptance from sure, like validation the, of- the, the the world at large. Like, if you don't need acceptance, why do you get the job? Just shine and be bright, and and be magnetic. 
be great. That goes back to the question that you asked me about, like the young creators here and what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. Just be magnetic. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, you also said that there are a lot of setbacks that people just be great, just be magnetic, let your light shine, be creative. Yes, big up my Reykjavik, my Reykjavik mandem. Big up my Reykjavik, Reykjavik? Yeah, Reykjavik is the city, right? Big up my Reykjavik mandem. I stayed in a hotel out there once back in the day. Big up my Reykjavik mandem. Big up the, you guys have got good beers out there in Iceland. Big up high def. Beers are very expensive. Expensive beers. Oh my God, expensive beers. Very expensive, but very tasty. So big up my Iceland mandem and get them. Might experience during the process that they're trying to fight their light or do things that they think is right. So, what kind of mindset they should have in order to keep focusing on like fighting their light? Well, those blockages、mm-hmm. and those purposeful disadvantages are set up in a system that you don't really need. You don't need it anymore. We used to.、Mm-hmm. It's like it's like. For a very long time, the record industry would make you feel like they were the complete gateway for. I feel like I've heard this interview a million times before with Pharrell. I'm getting bored.、Um, I'm sorry. I love you, guy. You're a great musician, incredible cultural figure. But when it comes to fashion, I just don't care what you have to say. I really don't. The shows have been quite mediocre so far. The first one was okay, but since then it's been a bit dead. And yeah, man. I'm not gonna listen to this anymore. I'm sorry.、Um, I feel bad for the interviewers. To be fair, you could tell they were really excited to meet him in the beginning, and then their faces kind of slowly but surely saddened. They were like, "Oh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about." They thought they were gonna get some insight from him. They thought they were gonna get some jewels, you know, like. <sighs> I feel bad for I feel bad for the interviews. I really do feel bad for the interviews. I really flipping do,、um, but yeah, what can you do? What can you do? That's that's Pharrell Williams sitting down with Vogue, trying to spit his best fashion shit, and it's not working.、Um, big up everybody in the studio. What are you saying here? The interviews are about as creative as a chat GPT.、Um, now、nah, the interviews are good. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. It's just him. He's being shit. If it just feels like he finished watching the Martin King, Luffy King dog exactly.、Um, Preach, brother. Big up Cloud K Twenty. Baba needs to take him to Fitboy Studios. Az, you haven't watched the Reach the Best part. What's the best part, Fashion Roadman? I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and watch the whole thing, man. This guy is making my eyes bleed. What is the best part? Do you know what the best part is? What? What? Where is it in the video? Um, is it towards the end? Where? Where is the best part? Fails, and it's a really beautiful. What's he saying here? Because this is just making me want to die. About like core. Core elements and codes that I wanted to change and and essentially level up from where they were.、Mm-hmm. And he agreed on all of it, and I, everything that you guys are seeing are all the things that I've presented. And this Hawaiian or island vacation that you brought to Hong Kong, how does that vehicle kind of empower the creatives in your community or the consumer? Well, it's it's a pre collection, right?、Mm-hmm. And usually, there's nah, I'm dead. I'm gone. I'm gone. When he starts doing that whole looking up thing as well, I'm I'm gone. I can't do that, man. That whole fucking synesthesia thing is like, you can do synesthesia with fucking music. Don't do it in fashion. So I'm staring up, like looking at, seeing. I see patterns. I see a collar. 
Like, fuck off, man. Like, <laughs> just speak. You know what I mean? This whole looking up thing. Oh, I'm seeing beads on a jacket. I'm seeing Riri zippers. I see beanies <laughs> covered in pearls. <laughs> okay, so it's towards the end. Okay, let's 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 not let's not be a baby. Let's see. It's towards the end. Let's go. Let's put it at fourteen minutes. Let's go to fourteen minutes. That's the last two minutes of the interview. Let's go. To, let's go to thirteen thirty, and let's see what he says here. in 2023 and how do you see it involved going forward uh for me um i know on paper it's menswear but i just make clothes for humans Mm. i learned that you know being over at chanel i used to wear things that i felt like i could pull off not because they were they were less effeminate but um if i thought i could wear it then i would wear you know a sweater here or Mm -hmm. belt there or whatever and I used to wear Celine when Phoebe was there. Like, I wore a lot of that. Um, I was super early on that. But I think that's my job, right? That's my responsibility to bring that energy to this menswear appointment is to make clothes for humans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, like, culture lets you know what it wants to be. Mm. Uh, and I know why we have been welcoming not accepting there's a very big difference between facts welcoming and accepting right some people are accepting Mm -hmm. but we've been very welcoming to humans i think i they just always want me to be respectful and not step on the toes of like you know the women's department be you know be respectful of our siblings there sure but i just i pride myself on just like making things for humans and to wrap up what excites you about the future? God. Yeah. There's nothing more exciting than that. That's a I mean, great answer. I mean, but right though, it's the universe. Like what, where are we without it? Like it's just not even possible. But the idea that the universe continues to provide me with these opportunities that I can't put into words Just like dreams. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of times they're dreams that you've had. <laughs> Big up fashion roadman. <laughs> what is bro talking about? Big up exactly. Big up fashion roadman. Intro Ranger exactly. Big up. Honestly, thank you for making me stick with this. Thank you for making me stick with this because what the fuck was that? I have to go back to that again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to go back because what the fuck was that waffle? One more time. One more time. One more time. Oh my God. That was amazing. And not step on the toes of like. That was like a that was like a minute and a half of just like pure waffle. Accepting. Mm-hmm. One second. Uh, and I know why we have been yeah. welcoming, not accepting. It's sure. a very big difference between. He thought he really said something here, isn't it? Welcoming, not accepting. He thought he really said something here. Welcoming, not accepting. Remember that, right? <laughs> it's suede, not new buck. <laughs> 
it's silk, not cotton. Okay. <laughs> he thought he said something. He thought he... <laughs> it says pull, not push. <laughs> oh, fucking Pharrell. Honestly, what a legend. Facts. Welcoming and accepting, right? Some people are accepting. Mm-hmm. But we've been very welcoming to humans. I think I, they just always want me to be respectful and not step on the toes of like... And the human thing. What's the human thing he does? Is that is that like space? Is that about space travel? Or is that to do with his like refusal to say man and woman? What is the whole human thing as well? That just like humans. Like who says that? <laughs> <laughs> is he like obsessive like sci-fi or is he just like in this weird phase where he doesn't want to say man or woman like he he gets he gets weirded out when he says actor or actress it's like bro it's not that deep like come on man humans huh guess guess what like you know the women's department be you know be respectful of our siblings there sure but i just i pride myself on just like making things for humans. And to wrap up, what excites you about the future? God. God. <laughs> Fear of God. <laughs> Fear of God. I've got this trench coat. It's collaboration with Adidas. It's like a thousand dollars. It looks like a blanket, but it's actually a coat. <laughs> Me and Jerry Lorenzo were talking on a boat. <laughs> yeah there's nothing more exciting than that god i mean i mean but right though it's the universe like where where are we without it i don't know about you but like (laughs) talking about god and all this stuff to like two asian people who probably don't really give a fuck about god is really funny God is the God is their God is American Express. <laughs> you know, their God is like you know financial institutions. Their God is education. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> their God is discipline. And you're there talking to them about God and always what God? Like, do you think God got me this fucking suit? <laughs> God, oh God! Brilliant. Like it's, I love this it's not so even possible. But the idea that the universe continues to provide me with these opportunities that I can't put into words—just like dreams, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times, there are dreams that you've had that you just can't put into words. Yeah, I never planned for. The detour becomes a main road. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's sad to see a little bit because Pharrell was the coolest when I was growing up, man. That whole era with Nego busy workshops the magazines the the ice cream photo shoots the ice cream skateboard team billionaire boys club early star trek 
you know, in you know, um, what was his fucking album called? In my mind, in search of whatever that fucking album was called. Like, Pharrell was fucking cool, bro. He was so cool. The handlebar mustache, the BMXs, the incredible beats, the sick music videos, all the crazy lookbooks he was in. Even his interviews were cool. He had great interviews back in the day. And now he just sounds like a donut. I wonder what I wonder why that is. Maybe it's just an age thing. Maybe we all get there at one point. Maybe I will be lame too at one point. But I don't know, man. It's just sad to see. He's a shadow of his former self. He's so corny. He's so lame. Like he literally exhausted these women. Bless her. Bless them. They tried their best to really pull something out of this, but they won't get anything. Big up high def. Pharrell talks some amount of shite. You're always welcome back in Iceland. If you can afford a pint yeah. and build smiley face. Yes, big up high def. You know the Iceland gang. Big up Reykjavik. Big up pang your chest. Big up the lagoons out there. All you man them the lagoons. Big up your fucking landscape. What if um yeah, big up the landscape out there that looks like a you know a, an an other another planet. I think they filmed quite a lot of things there, isn't it? Like um shows and stuff i can't remember the, the one i'm thinking of but they film quite a lot of stuff out there and places as well in spain because they have that you know a lovely terrain that almost looks otherworldly yeah so big up iceland i'll definitely go back there soon uh, actually it's a lovely country i'm not gonna lie very very cheap to actually get there I'm not gonna lie really cheap to get there but cost of living is high but big up high def um is it Game of Thrones? Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Maybe they filmed there, and a few other bits and pieces. Because I think that well, what do they they film um uh what do you think called they film House of Dragons somewhere in Spain, don't they? If I'm not mistaken, I don't know where it is in Spain, but I think they film House of Dragons somewhere in Spain to get that other landscape that they have there. So <laughs> they film it in Mars. Yeah, bless you. But yeah, um, big up Pharrell. I guess isn't it? Big up Pharrell. It's a shame to see how he's turned out. It's a shame to see how he's turned out. It really is. What can you do? what can you do let's move on from that one um if anything anyway i think if i'm the louis vuitton press officer or the pr person i'm not putting pharrell in front of any more interviewers again no more fashion people can interview pharrell let him get interviewed by like kids in schools and not even kids in schools that that won't put that probably won't go well either um no interviews to pharrell no more please no more pharrell interviews Big pharrell up is full of shit they asked him in an interview what can you say about the prices. His response was I don't deal with financials I just really deal with fashion. I told you first show was made but I could have brought it. <laughs> I could have bought a card what I spent LV. Yeah exactly yeah. Um, to be fair to be fair to him to be fair to him to be fair to him to be fair to him. If you take a job like if you take a job like Louis Vuitton to be creative director you're probably not in charge of the fucking prices anyway you know. I think it's unfair to ex expect somebody who takes a creative director role at a big house like Louis Vuitton to have any influence on the prices. It's not really in his remit. He barely even designs. My my personal guess is that he probably doesn't even touch a pencil. I don't think he actually designs anything. He just like, as you said, he's a vibe guy. He cultivates the atmosphere. He might suggest, oh, let's switch the, the fabric on the collar to some fur. Let's switch a button. But he's not actually designed, like, he hasn't designed a single item. Maybe there's a, like, oh, yeah, I want my jeans to fit a certain way. But in terms of sketching shit, like, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's what they hired him for. They hired him, again, I think it's a, it's a clever hire in that if you do lose somebody like a Virgil RIP 
and you want to have somebody that kind of just keeps the train going that is low risk that is low you know low risk and also doesn't have a lot of controversy around them doesn't require a lot of like hand i don't know he's a good option in that way because he kind of just he's almost like a i don't know how to describe him man it's weird but it's a good call on lvmh side it's an astute call it's not a radical call where you get another credit director to come in who has their own identity, who has their own idea of what Louis Vuitton men's is. And they're taking a whole other direction um, that might take some time for the consumers or for the cons- customers to kind of get on board with. He's a familiar face. You kind of know what he was going to do already before it came out. Nothing was really that surprising. It's almost inoffensive. It's, it's almost almost inoffensive stuff. I don't know how to describe it. It's just really safe. It's really kind of middle of the road, but it does its job. So I think he did well in that respect. But no more interviews with fashion people. No more. He should stop having interviews with fashion people because the more he starts speaking about fashion with a capital F, he's going to sound like an idiot. He's going to sound super uninformed, um, very dumb, and it's just not going to go well. And if anything, it'll make his job harder because there'll be more scrutiny. If anything, he's just focused on just putting out collections, focus on making the shows fun, focus on having fresh accessories and having good campaigns, having interesting, you know, lookbooks and editorials and all this sort of stuff. Maybe, you know, having interesting ambassadors that might actually go a long way to change the narrative around it a bit. Having ambassadors that might act more as a face than him and just shut the fuck up. No more talking to press. Zero. Stop it. Because. Um, it's never gonna end well but again what do i know kanye and virgil designed and was worried about pricing all the time also at this point i don't think you have the ballet balenciaga flats you would be dying to show us your swag oh no no no! i have them i have them definitely i had them i don't to be fair when it when it comes to on the whole showing the swag thing i don't show anybody anything i have a lot of things that people don't see i wear a lot of stuff in real life but trust me the the ballet flats you'll see them trust me trust me trust me you will see them and when you eventually see them you're gonna laugh i guarantee you're gonna laugh when i debut them when i want to debut them you're gonna absolutely die when you see them i guarantee you but um don't think because i don't show things i don't have them um, i'm not really one of a show I'm not, I'm not i'm not here gonna be you're never gonna see a wardrobe fucking tour from me i think that's fucking lame you're never gonna see me stack up shoes in a fucking pile and start taking pictures that's never gonna happen at most you might see a drunken picture of me posting my pictures of my feet but i'm not somebody that kind of goes that way to share all the stuff i have i think that's a little bit odd but hey um you will see that very soon i'll promise you on that one um kanye virgil worried about pricing yeah but then kanye virgil are different people they come from a different point um you know like i don't i don't think it's fair to compare him to kanye and virgil at all they come from two different types of points of view um they're probably in it for two different types of reasons um and i like the fact that they were maybe focused on trying to bring the prices lower and trying to make louis vuitton or whatever they were designing at the time more accessible even though kanye didn't do really, uh, didn't do a really good job of doing that at yeezy that's one of the unfortunate things about yeezy under adidas it was never really affordable in any way shape or form um the only thing that was affordable was the shoes but then i think if i'm not mistaken adidas never really went all in on the clothing they only wanted the real shoes anyway they didn't really want the clothing um so he didn't really have maybe a manufacturing partner that can make it to the standards and to the quality that he wanted to basically get the price low cool but um pharrell doesn't care about that <laughs> pharrell doesn't care about that pharrell's out here making million dollar fucking satchels yeah i mean duffel bags he doesn't care about making his stuff accessible (laughs) 
doesn't give a flying fuck. He's out here making duffel bags <laughs> with gold zips. <laughs> he doesn't care about the kids. Pharrell doesn't care about the kids at all. <laughs> he says, fuck the kids. He's that he's that Jordan meme. Pharrell's a Jordan meme. Fuck these kids. <laughs> he's, he doesn't care about the children in a slight. I guarantee he does not care about the children. But hey, what do I know? What do I know? Um, Let's continue. Let's move on. So, next thing on the list to talk about here is the DJ strike in Berlin. I know most of you don't care about this sort of stuff because it's not going to be of your interest, but I found this to be very interesting only because it was good to see for once um, people within the electronic music scene, especially abroad, actually standing up for something. Um, and I feel like when it comes to DJs, similar to stand-up comedians, they're quite selfish. They're quite money-hungry and they don't really, you know, when something impacts their pockets, they're not going to want to stand by it. But the fact that a lot of these DJs are deciding to protest um, these really insane laws in Germany that essentially are, you know, putting DJs in a position where they can't be politically active and basically share their opinions of what's going on in Palestine um, in fear of maybe getting their gigs taken away from them. They're now basically striking and deciding not to play in Germany at all. It's really interesting. But um, there's this quick video courtesy of RA where they talk about it and I think it's a really well done. So we're going to play it and you're going to see what's going on here because I think this is a really interesting whole issue that's happening so let's play this video it's courtesy of RA it's called why DJ strike against Berlin Senate over Palestine and we're going to play it now in the past couple of weeks you may have noticed a number of artists boycotting German clubs and festivals Scratcher DVA Campire Raggi Rags and others have all pulled out of important gigs in Berlin including at Bergheim the world's most famous club there have been a lot of confusing news stories referencing strikes, cancellations, and clauses being implemented and retracted. Hearing a black dude speak German like that is fucking wild, isn't it? It's always a trip, isn't it? Um, you don't see a lot in Berlin because everyone speaks English, but seeing people you know, that look like you speaking that language that sounds so brutal is fucking interesting, isn't it? It's like... Jesus, on Kansen Dijkenbielen, on Schuldigen, in Schuldigen. It's fucking amazing. I love it. So, what actually happened? Berlin has historically been one of the few cities in the world that treats electronic music as an art form. Which is the reason why, again, I think most people that go to Berlin like come back, oh my God, I wish my city was like Berlin. It's the only place like that in the world. There's no, I don't think there's any other city that treats clubbing like an art form or that has clubs like a cultural institution. It doesn't exist. I don't think so. I can't think of a single place, which is why a lot of their clubs don't close down or don't move and shit. Like it's, it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So when you go to these type of places, enjoy them for what they are, but don't start judging your city based on what's happening in Berlin. Cause Berlin's like a, it's like never living land. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not really real. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's real, but it's not really real. Because of this, Many Berlin clubs, festivals, and even DJs receive government funding, totaling hundreds of millions of euros every year. Germany is also home to one of the largest... That could never happen in America, by the way. <laughs> never. Government funding for nightclubs. <laughs> what? It's ...populations of Palestinians outside the Middle East, with up to 30,000 living in Berlin alone. I did not know that, by the way. That's an interesting fact, right? 
they've got the highest amount of Palestinians outside of the Middle East living in Berlin. That's a crazy thing. I wonder why they all tend to go to Berlin of all places. No, there's so many places. Don't they pass quite a few countries before they get to Germany? I wonder why they end up in Berlin. That's an interesting thing. I probably need to dig into that a bit deeper, but interesting that they all end up in that tiny, tiny, tiny place. Many recipients of government cultural funding are politically outspoken, including in support of Palestinians, or book international artists who are actively pro-Palestine. So, why is this deemed to be a problem? The German- but then the, the funny thing is to kind of note when I've done a bit of research myself, there's also a surprisingly high number of Israeli people involved in the electronic music scene in Berlin. So there's a high concentration of Palestinian people coming over and there's also a lot of the scene, a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of maybe, you know, just the city of Berlin itself. There's a lot of people there from Israel. So imagine the, the, the friction that exists there. You've got actually Israelis who live there and you've got obviously Palestinians who live there and they're all kind of jostling for some level of like voice or whatever it may be. So it's definitely a politically fraught and um, contentious area. Definitely, especially what's going on at the moment. German authorities have banned many pro-Palestinian demonstrations in recent years, saying the crackdown is to stop public disorder and prevent public anti-Semitism. But how the country defines what is or isn't anti-Semitic is the subject of fierce debate. In 2017, Germany's federal government adopted what is known as the IHRA Working Definition of Anti-Semitism. <laughs> Don't you find that funny? I hate RA. That sounds like I hate resident advisor. <laughs> that's what i thought it was it sounds like something um what's his face um uh what's that fucking dj's name what omar s would write this sounds like an omar s album title i hate ra <laughs> a definition that sparks very mixed reactions why the definition is so controversial is the problem of how the definition is applied people implement it because they think it would be just a simple answer to address a complex problem, like how to prevent the spread of Israel-related antisemitism. You cannot address such a complex problem with just uh, throwing out a definition then you're set. Some observers believe that IHRA... So IHRA is accusing Jewish citizens of being more loyal to Israel or the alleged priorities of Jews worldwide, denying Jewish people their right to self-determination by claiming the existence of state of Israel, applying double standards by requiring a bit of, by requiring of it behavior not expected or demanded by other democratic nations, using symbols and images associated with classic anti-Semitism, e.g. claims of Jews killing Jesus, but they did though, no? <laughs> blood libel or characterize israel as israelis drawing comparisons of contemporary israeli policy to the it must be so hard to be israeli or to be from palestine nowadays it's i was thinking about it during the asian cup the asian cup is on at the moment right you actually want to celebrate or you want to support your own country so what you can't fly the israeli flag because you're afraid people are going to think you are advocating for genocide <laughs> right when israel's football team plays you kind of have to what like just not wave your flag you kind of have just have to hold it in and stuff like oh god damn a definition is a critical tool in combating anti-semitism which is on the rise globally 
Critics say that some of the IHRA's examples of anti-Semitism are being used to prevent criticism of the state of Israel and to unfairly silence pro-Palestinian voices. In January, the Berlin Senate introduced a new clause to its application process for cultural funding, requiring all recipients to agree to the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. In a letter of protest, Berlin artists and cultural workers said they feared the clause would effectively force them to cancel events and disinvite speakers who are critical of Israel for fear of losing funding. To be fair, there are some people who are doing what they should be doing, whatever they, they believe in standing up for in terms of standing up for people of Palestine or people from Israel, whatever. But there are also some people who are going super far and essentially, you know, advocating for you know um genocide on the other side right who are going pro hamas and stuff that's when it gets a bit crazy so there are extremes on either end there are those israeli people who have absolutely no empathy for what's going on in gaza um you know who just respond super callously and coldly when you show them pictures of kids literally being blown up and women and children being splained all over the floor but then on the other side, you've got people who are legitimately advocating for a terrorist group. Do you know what I mean? And basically calling on them to kind of bomb more places and stuff where it's like, come on, like you can't go that far. But unfortunately, this is a war and a battle that's been long entrenched. It's like, it's just so, it's just so, um, lo- it's just so kind of deep. Um, it's been so long. There's been so much blood already spilled that it's almost impossible to get the conversation the debate around it to be anywhere reasonable it's not going to happen especially now that we've seen all these horrible images the death tolls rising you know like people's homes are destroyed lives are it's just it's impossible to kind of get people around the table to speak about this in a grown-up way or to post about it protest about it in a grown-up way especially when you're seeing your government you know basically sending more arms to people who you feel like are committing the genocide it's just hard to sit by idly and watch that especially if you're politically active it's hard to kind of just sleep at night really i'm sure there are people out there who are legitimately having like sleepless nights (laughs) you know thinking about this sort of shit because it kind of touches them especially if you've got family imagine if you've got family out there on either side you know what i mean it's just like god damn it bro like it must be super difficult and then you got the german government telling you oh you can't you can't flip and talk about this stuff because if you do then you're going to be deemed as an anti-semite because what you're standing up for the people of palestine like come on man like don't be ridiculous this scenario had already played out in the case of oyun a state-funded cultural center for diasporic migrant and international art in november Oyun hosted a morning event and vigil in response to the October 7th attacks and the rising death toll in Gaza. It was held by Jewish Voice for Just Peace in the Middle East. The authorities in Berlin pressured Oyun to cancel the event for being politically charged, but it went ahead regardless. The result? The venue's 1 million euros in annual funding was revoked. I think the accusation is very telling. It's a non-Jewish German governmental body the city council of Berlin, telling a Jewish group, which consists mostly of Israelis, by the way, or former Israelis who live now in Berlin, um, that they are anti-Semites for having a critical or very critical um, point of view when it comes to the Israel-Palestine conflict. Following the formalization of the IHRA definition into cultural funding, there was a wave of protests. Strike Germany, an emerging coalition of workers in Berlin's cultural sector, 
called on international artists to turn down invitations to speak and perform at German cultural institutions. That's pretty big. That is pretty big. That is pretty big, to be fair. And again, like, <clears throat> I'm not somebody that believes that dance music or clubbing should be political. But if you are politically active, then standing up for what you believe in in this way, where it's actually costing you and it's hurting your pocket, it does go to show that you're about your shit. You know what I mean? You're not just talking for talking's sake. Like you're actually giving up something. You are giving up advancing your career. You're giving up lining your pockets. You're giving up doing the thing that you love just so you can fight um, the good fight for people who are unable to kind of stand up for themselves right? or to bring attention to what they're going through and to call for a ceasefire, whatever you want, you know, whatever your end point is. I think that is a sign that these guys and girls are not fucking around and they really do walk the walk. So I'm, I'm all for it. Again, I, I would like clubbing to be apolitical, no politics involved in it whatsoever, but it's just almost impossible because everybody that's involved in dance music has very strong political opinions. And when you have strong political opinions and you own these places and platforms, you're going to let those political opinions maybe influence the people that you pick to play at your places, represent your places, blah, 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 blah. The movement gained traction, gathering thousands of signatures and also resulted in several artists from the UK, Uganda and Kenya pulling out of the popular experimental art and music festival, CTM. A dance floor is a place that brings people together. If you're then going to say, well, we'll only give you money for this dance floor to exist if you only let the people in who think like us, that's the problem. And the, the good thing about her, Joy T, is again, I'm, I don't really listen to her DJ and stuff. It's not my style. It's not my taste levels, don't get me wrong. Or it's not my preference, but she's a pretty big DJ. So if someone like her is joining this Strike Germany thing, then this goes to show that, you know, like she's got something to risk, basically. She's got bookings that she's clearly missing out on. Um, and that goes to show that there is definitely a lot of weight behind it. And it definitely will add a lot of, um, what they think called, a lot of legitimacy to what they're doing when they've got these sort of big artists who have a lot to risk. Because it's one thing when smaller acts that don't really have many bookings are striking Germany. But when people who usually tour their year in, year out are striking Germany until they are, you know, they get their means, their kind of, you know, whatever they're intending to have met, that goes to show that these guys are really going about things the right way. I'd love to see it. I'm not going to lie. In an unexpected twist, the new clause was suddenly retracted last week by the Berlin Senate, which said it took the decision partly in response to the legal and critical voices that saw the introduced clause as a restriction on artistic freedom. There is uncertainty about the legality of this clause. For now, the clause is not going into effect. So what exactly happens now? If the clause has been retracted, what does it mean for the earlier decision to revoke Oyun's funding? And will cultural workers continue to strike? Strike Germany says the retraction of the clause is only a temporary victory and encourages artists to continue to strike against what they call Germany's wider crackdown on pro-Palestinian solidarity and artistic freedom. Yeah, to be fair, like, I think now, at this point, you just have to be 
mindful that especially the way it's gone i think in the beginning when it was maybe a little bit more um contentious and the details were a little bit sparse but now we have a pretty clear handle on what's going on over there in gaza and we have an idea on who's doing most of the killings and we have an idea on who's causing most of the hardship who's spilling most of the blood i think it's pretty insane to be putting people in a position where they can't openly um support palestinians it's pretty or it's pretty insane especially when the conversation has gone past the hamas thing because i don't really think i've seen even some of my most liberal friends or most less leaning left-leaning friends i've not really seen many people out there really advocating for hamas i don't really i don't really i don't know maybe they do exist but most people are calling for a ceasefire most people are um pro-palestinian just because of the you know the resources the money the funding the arms um the you know all the flipping nonsense that's going on in israel there's just no other there's no other logical place to kind of stand on instead of the victims who are clearly the ones who are suffering the most um and even if you don't believe that just because you want to see the war end and you don't want to see more people's lives get ruined you're just like hey let's just have a seat let's just let's just call for a ceasefire so we can at least get some semblance of normality restored back in this country and have people not constantly live in fear of their lives but to put djs in a place where they can't play because they wear a scarf or because they have a t-shirt with a palestinian flag on is absolutely insane especially in a place like berlin especially in a place like germany but just berlin specifically where they you know they profess to be a place where they are open to people from all walks of life you can go there and express yourself to your heart's content and now you're in a position where it's like no you can express yourself but only certain things the the, the, the things that we allow the things that we permit and if you do express yourself, it's going to have to be the agreed doctrine. It's going to have to be the agreed views that we are kind of espousing. And that's obviously insane. Um, I'd love there to get to a place where, you know, generally people don't try and share their political leanings. Um, you know, when it comes to artistic, it's not, it's not really necessary, really, in all manner of ways. But for the people that do, um, you know, limiting their ability to like work and do their art is just insane. It really is legitimately insane. Um, you're seeing a lot of people doing it people getting taken off of flipping lineups um whole berlin is going through some issues now at the moment people not being able to do sets and stuff like it's a really unfortunate situation and i just hope that there is some resolution in the end um that really does kind of you know get back to some semblance of you know normalcy because this is just batshit crazy but i do like the fact that these guys stand up for their shit because i don't think you're ever going to get this level of solidarity this level of collective action this level of people actually being out on the street protesting day in day out within the dance music scene here in london no one gives a fuck like you could never get this level of cooperation and you know like solidarity people people here don't give a fuck so um love and support to everybody out there in berlin fighting a good fight you know and hopefully they get what they need hopefully they get what they need moving on so there's been some really odd and kind of unverified reports regarding fentanyl laced xanax in berlin now this is kind of scary because i've reported it before about you know fentanyl laced cocaine in places like north america that have been ripping apart um that hallowed flipping country unfortunately and um i have to say this with a very straight faced if this is true and fentanyl has found its way to europe we're fucked <laughs> we are fucked 
Like, if you thought it was bad in America, if fentanyl comes over to the to Europe and it's now laced in our pills, in our cocaine, in our weed, in our ketamine, we are fucked. We're gonna be dropping like flies. Honestly, we're gonna be dropping like flies. And this is really concerning. So this is courtesy of the Berghain um community subreddit somebody posted this on there and said fent lace fent lace xanax right and i think the post originally is from this person here um i think it was on instagram let me see if i can find it bear me a second there it is there um this is the actual post itself on instagram i don't know who the person is let me see if i can refresh okay let me get rid of that x there it's from a person called laura bcr and it says important fentanyl has now shown up in berlin please please test anything you put in your body i'm not only referring to party drugs a good friend of mine lost their life because fentanyl is being cut into their unprescribed xanax that they were taking for self-treat anxiety that's probably the first mistake in it right like taking unprescribed xanax to treat anxiety is probably a dicey roller is probably a very risky roll of the dice but r.i.p to that person this stuff is very lethal it doesn't matter how much of it you intake each body responds differently if you have any kind if you have any kind of unprescribed drugs please check them with test strips now the issue i've seen online is people saying the test strips um for testing stuff like fentanyl that you can buy on like amazon and shit aren't good people are saying they're not they're not really um reliable but i've also heard people saying that there's a lot of unnecessary hysteria around fentanyl in europe allegedly these are all unverified reports which is odd because it kind of reminds me a little bit of what was happening in Berghain. like a, a few i think it was like a few months ago there was this weird thing happening where everybody was reporting being spiked and shit and i couldn't figure out if this was actually real or if these were just people that just couldn't handle their drugs because there were some people that would write reports like oh i felt somebody prick me on my skin and i felt like a needle going and i was spiked and i fell over or whatever but there was never any kind of solid um you know evidence to show that people had been actually spiked or they'd been kind of pricked with a needle so i wonder if this fentanyl thing is in the same lane or if there actually is an issue now with fentanyl coming across to europe because if it is the case i'm sorry to say like people in people in the party scene in europe should be worried especially people in the uk the people in the uk who ingest and who t snort everything should be worried because look what fentanyl is doing in america look at this article right because your new york post this is fucking tragic kansas city chiefs fans found dead had three times lethal amount of fentanyl plus cocaine um the tsc reports right this is a fucking horrible 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 article um it continues because new york post right let me write it here let me just put it there bear with me a second so i get up on the screen and scroll down it says initial toxicology reports on the three kansas chief city fans found frozen and dead in a friend's yard found cocaine thc and three tons of fentanyl that is enough to kill according to reports so these boys were gathered around you know having a good time in their friend's good yard and they i guess all died because they all had the same amount of cocaine or the same batch that they were taking maybe to celebrate their team winning or something whatever it may be um the families of david harrington clayton mcgini and ricky johnson were found dead outside their friends jordan willis's kansas city home on january 9th um among the substances were cocaine and fentanyl fucking nuts bro three friends 
just hanging around, having a bid, what many people are doing across the United States, across the world, right? Watching whatever respective sport they're into, and then you get found dead like that. Like, that must be horrible. A family member who asked to remain anonymous tells me cocaine, fentanyl, and THC showed up in the preliminary results. Said a, a, a correspondent on X. The family source says level 10 fentanyl is enough to kill. The Kansas City Free were at level 30 level 30 he later added that the information was backed up by the confirmed um by a second and separate family source Kansas city police are now confirmed that they have been in touch with the families according to the news station there have been no additional details on this case revealed in the media nor are there any plans to at the time the case remains ongoing as a death investigation a police spokesperson said on thursday and obviously it's a picture of one of the persons that passed away david harrington drug use has been speculated as a contributing factor to the men's death and um, Willis, an HIV scientist, checked himself into rehab for substance abuse after his friends were found dead. His parents have said. Um, Tony Kagi, the attorney of McGinney's family, said that he was not personally seen in the report, but it's just the first steps. Imagine being the, the one of the friends that didn't die. Imagine the the survivor's remorse that you have, or the survivor's guilt. Imagine. I don't think anyone familiar with the situation investigation um, thought that this wasn't any something foul here. Play. Um, the fentanyl was involved which is why i don't know at this point it's a scrooge and it turns the recreational drugs into a lethal situation so this is already happening in the u.s right turning recreational drugs into a lethal situation can you imagine if this becomes a situation here in europe and the reason why people are worried is because of obviously people finding fentanyl laced in fucking xanaxes and then to make matters even worse look at this there's a post here people saying that allegedly they're finding fentanyl in free MMC, which is a drug that's been sweeping um, parts of Europe. Even up, It's not really that popular here in the UK. I think in the UK, people are still still pining for 2CB. But free MMC is, I think, a derivative of 4MMC, which is also known as MCAT. But from what I've been able to see online, I think it's now the MCAT without the cat piss smell um, that people have been doing as a recreational drug. It kind of has the similar effects of MDMA and cocaine a little bit. So people have been taking that when they go out and it's become like the new party drug, basically. It's kind of replaced ketamine, I think, in Berlin and shit. And people are now hypothesizing that allegedly they're finding fentanyl in fucking free MMC. So let's read a bit of the comments here. It says, hi, I'm a trained chemist. Um, there are many unreliable fentanyl kits out there. The ones on Amazon are especially bad. Um, someone says, yeah, can you please post results of where they're already? Um, so people are not debating on it about the results and shit. Um, let's see here there. Um, this post needs to be hijacked. I'm from the US. Take whatever you have you have and make sure that it's all powder form in a bag. Take the ship, rub it in the bag. Okay, cool. This is about testing. Let's remove that. Let's see what they're saying here about drug checking. Don't buy test strips from Amazon. If I remember correctly, they can give false positives. I know Dance Safe is a reliable source that tests strips. Really hope this doesn't become a problem out here. Um just just so you know how much fentanyl you need to consume to be lethal please think of statistics when interpreting these test results the test results are not perfect there's a chance of false positives the prior probability of drug containing fentanyl in germany is very very low after positive test results it's very probability needs to be updated it's a counterintuitive but i think the issue at hand is that from what i've been able to see online fentanyl just really addictive and it's super cheap to cut with your drugs so dealers are kind of incentivized to use it because the returns are big if you do it if you 
dose it or if you you know if you make it correctly um, and you make sure the surfaces are clean it's not cross-contaminated and the dosages are right you can effectively get people hooked on the drug that you're selling and you can also increase its potency right so it's sort of kind of a double-sided kind of issue there. and of course it's super cheap as well um, so you can obviously buy loads of it and increase your profit margins and shit and obviously your quote-unquote customer retention so as lethal and as horrible and as heinous and as disgusting as it is because people are literally dying off the back of this the incentives are there and you can kind of understand why people are doing it um so this is a post about the xanax fentanyl pills this person says here as far as i know there's been zero official lab test um with fentanyl in berlin so so far it's just it's just unverified reports like i said and nevertheless the panic is definitely spreading and now this can somebody help me make sense of how this could happen i'm aware of how substances might get contaminated with fentanyl by intentional cross-contaminating happening at the supply chain so by being treated in the same vacuity, da, 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 um, you would have to buy Xanax tabs outside the original package it until it comes from a one of the drug checking points I don't trust any of these stories fentanyl cut cocaine or Xanax has been an issue in the US for years and it's well documented um, we literally have test centers um, in which we all are more reliable than strips I wonder why drug checking in Berlin hasn't been reported yet yeah exactly um, so far there's no report official so far of it actually happening but like I said, if it does reach parts of Europe, especially in the UK, forget Berlin. If it touches the UK, we are getting decimated. We're going to get torn to pieces. It's going to be like peak era of fucking pandemic when, you know, COVID was fucking ripping through parts of Europe, you know, at ease because people weren't washing their hands and shit. Like, it's going to be fucking crazy. Um, by now, this as Alex sometimes comes in pills that are dealer pressed rather than sealed pressed. Um, so the way that it works in the US is that they take Xanax and crush them and then mix them with Fent and then repress the pill and even stamp them with the original Xanax markings. Yo, that is evil. That is fucking evil. That is really evil. To get Xanax pills, crush them, mix it with Fent, repress them, mark them with the official Xanax markings and then reap and then put them back in fucking blister packs and make it look like they come from the fucking um pharmacy is awful and i'm sure they they probably sell fake boxes as well to make them look like they've, they've got the original thing jesus christ why do you uh, da, da, da. um why do you need unprescribed xanax to treat anxiety anxiety is a real condition just get a prescription for it don't do a drug dealer um a person says many psychs are hesitant um to prescribe them but they love to overprescribe antipsychotics and, uh, and SSRIs. Exactly. Fucking hell. There are a group of drugs getting cut out in the street. Benzo type pills in the UK called nitazines. They they include isotanazines, methotanazines, ephedrine, similar to fentanyl, as in they are synthetic opioids and very very strong and dangerous. I won't be surprised if they are in Germany. Yo, what are people taking outside, bro? I'm so out of the loop. I didn't know this was a thing. People are taking all this shit. God damn. Okay, so again, just as a heads up for people out there who are partying and stuff, just be wary. Um, be you know, keep your head on a swivel. So far, there's unverified reports. Um, panic is setting in. People are getting very stressed about the issue, um, which is obviously not the greatest thing. But um, just be wary. Just be cool. Be aware of where you're buying your stuff from 
double check stuff if you can trust only you know people that you actually legitimately trust try and get them from verified sources or whatever it may be and kind of go from there or um to better yet maybe f- think of quitting that also is an option maybe think of kind of dialing down some of the drug taking that you're doing in general just to make sure that you are here to see another day because it seems like it maybe isn't that worth it anymore because there's always a risk that you run of taking something and you never know that could be your last day like those you know young those fine young gentlemen right those kansas city chief fans um i don't think they ever thought of a scenario where they weren't going to be around to see their families you know, at one moment they're celebrating a victory for their team, having fun, having beers, having a good time, right? Doing some drugs at their friend's house and the next minute some of them don't wake up and they don't get found until their bodies are frozen. Imagine how horrific that must have been for their families and shit. So yeah, man, like maybe it's just not worth it. Maybe that all that stuff isn't worth it. But um keep your head on the swivel, everybody out there in the party scene because it's looking spooky. It's looking really, really spooky let's continue and let's watch because i'm curious to see casey neistat's review of the fucking apple vision pro i'm not too sure what you guys think of it um i'm still a little bit on the fence as to whether or not i would use it day to day i'm not too sure if you guys agree um i do love just the technology side behind it um you know spatial computing is awesome i think i like more the idea of spatial computing than i do of wearing the goggles i think the goggles look a bit redacted but i actually do love the idea of having all these screens around you that you can kind of move around about making computing instead of just sitting down in front of these you know um hardware pieces of monitors and computers and stuff and using it that way i find the idea of using your computers in the air like this fucking amazing kind of reminds me of some great sci-fi movie or a mission impossible where you're kind of like pressing buttons and screaming moving shit around that's fucking incredible it kind of changes um content and viewing experiences and makes it all immersive um learning opportunities are pretty cool as well um all of that is amazing but of course it looks incredibly incredibly redacted but some of the memes i've seen online about people using it have been pretty kind of cool to see and I want to quickly show you some of them because I think <laughs> you might get a bit of a buzz out of seeing some of this. Like, especially if you just type it in onto flipping Twitter. If you just type in Apple Vision Pro, you'll see some of the flipping people posting stuff on there. And it has been so fascinating to see how other people outside of tech, because I think a lot of the tech guys received theirs ones kind of early. But now we've got like loads of regular guys, especially clout demons out there making their bits of content and stuff with Apple Vision Pros on. And it's quite shocking to see people walking around with these massive goggles, um, trying to make them work and trying to kind of use them day to day in their commute or whatever it may be. So far, the reports I've seen is that they're quite heavy. Um, people are saying that you can't wear you know all day long um, obviously you can't because the battery doesn't last all day anyway but they're quite heavy to kind of have on the whole time and you kind of do feel it kind of front facing kind of you know maybe kind of falling off of your head and shit but in general i love some of the memes like imagine imagine being on a new york subway right train and seeing a kid just sitting there you know with his little apple vision pro on doing that Right, just sitting there flicking around, pinching and zooming and shit, right? With these massive goggles on. That looks fucking insane. Absolutely wild. This kid just there. Um, there's another video of obviously people doing their thing on, <laughs> in their bedrooms, testing the thing, 
there's a clip of a guy in a car driving a Tesla actually um, whilst wearing the goggles that's absolutely insane I think he got stopped by a police officer I think this might be the kid actually this is the kid he gets in his Tesla with the Apple Vision Pros on and then he, he and then he drives his Tesla on autopilot it's absolutely hilarious with a little tissue on the side right there's a video of a kid here walking down the street in Soho wearing a pair of Apple Vision Pros right <laughs> They look, they look kind of insane, but you know, you know, with technology, surely you know in a couple of years this will be the norm. You know it's going to happen, don't it? You know, in a couple of years, seeing a kid walking down the street with a pair of Apple Vision Pros on is going to be completely normal. Especially once they figure out how to get the hardware smaller and smaller and smaller. Because don't be surprised if soon in the future they get them to be the size of a regular pair of Ray Bans like that's probably where it's going to end up going maybe even to the point of fucking contact lenses but they're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller so um these are going to be very very common um but the first iterations are pretty crazy there's a kid here buying shoes on sneakers right he's buying a pair of shoes on sneakers on there wearing the apple vision pros very on brand to be fair he's the kind of kid i would expect to have apple apple vision pros on these supreme skateboards in the back and these beer bricks right buying getting something on sneakers app and obviously there's a Casey Neistat video that we're going to watch as well. Um, and obviously the kid there on the train. So let's actually watch the Casey Neistat video because I'm curious to see what he thinks of it. And I want to see his review because his review is not going to be as tech review based, but it will still be interesting to see what he thinks of the Apple Vision Pro. Let's actually see what Casey Neistat has to say about it. Let's see what he has to say about it. Bear me a second as it loads. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. <laughs> like what? That's Do wild. I look like real? Yeah, I mean your eyes are <laughs> case close. Your te- it's too much teeth. I think I like him, but he's a really ugly dude, isn't it? He's a really ugly motherfucker, isn't it? Fuck you, know even that avatar thing. Look at how clapped he looks. Jesus Christ, Casey. Cut off your face, man. Jesus. I think. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I want to make a review. Come help me. All right. Sounds good. All right. Meet you downstairs at five. All right. All right. If you want like a normal review of this thing, I can't recommend enough to go watch, to go watch Marquez Brownlee's. His is fantastic. This is a different, like... I kind of have a different take on this and different questions, and that's what this is. But Marquez is really good. What is this thing that I'm holding, literally? You are right. <laughs> How do you find it? I've had it for like an hour. Yeah, okay. Can you put windows up now? Yeah, so like I can put a window up. They're just huge, isn't it? That's the issue. They're just fucking massive. Because I could think of them being really good to like DJ with. I think the Ray Ban ones probably something that I'll probably end up buying. The ones that you use for Snapchat and shit. They're just a little bit more chic and easier to kind of wear. But they're just so big. And that cable you have to kind of carry around with you with the battery pack is so goofy looking, right? The little cord you have to wear as you're walking around with them. But they look huge. If anything, you know the they kind of remind me of like the what's the apple is it the, is it the iphone 8 
that had the metal ridge around it still. That kind of it just reminds me like of a of an iPhone that's been shaped into a pair of goggles that you wear in the front. That's what it kind of looks. Maybe that's the whole point of the design is to kind of make it look iPhoney. But it just that's what it, that's what I initially see when I look at them. I just see like an iPhone that's been bent into the shape of goggles to put in front of your face. But to wear them on a plane though, on a long train ride, to watch a movie, to watch some sports. I think that'll be a vibe. That's the only thing. That'll be a vibe. To watch sports on that is going to be fucking incredible. Movies and shit, like, exactly, I'm super jello. For home use, absolutely incredible. Like, as as a home entertainment system thing. Brilliant. Up now, when I start walking, they, like, go away. They fade away. Take care. random pile of bricks an old toilet i found the restroom and a bunch of random wooden poles man's watching mr beast videos you know on uh, when he's on the subway there's more poles pile let's pile onto that boat please and as you can see the- you just look even how he's standing look he's standing on the side of the platform about to go on the train and just look how massive that shit looks it's protruding so far out they just look so huge <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were designed for people to actually wear out out and about day to day. Is it, it kind of felt even the adverts right on on their flipping um YouTube? It's mostly people using them indoors. That's probably how they kind of designed them. So maybe the second and third iterations would be a little bit more like oh for people that want to go outdoors and stuff, people that want to work out and run. Because I'm waiting to see that person. I'm waiting to see the person who works out with them. I'm waiting to see the CrossFit person. I'm waiting to see the runner. I'm waiting to see the skateboarder. I think that'll be quite cool to see how they kind of use them, but they look more home use than they do like commuting or living. But later in this video, we're going to a hundred island and also super island. But first, we're in. Yeah, very good point about the robbing fashion road, man. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the early era of the white earbuds? But forget the iPhone. Do you remember the white earbuds with your, with your iPods? So when iPods came out, one of the defining factors about the iPod was obviously the white Apple earphones. But they also became like a magnet for people to rob you because they knew you'd have a, a very expensive iPod. And obviously the headphones were really good at that point. Now most headphones are pretty decent. No one's going to want to steal your headphones unless you've got flipping AirPods. But that's the problem. They're going to become like, because everyone knows what they are now because the most viral piece of tech out there it's going to become a thing where people know the value and they're going to be ripping these from your head and you probably won't see them coming you know unless i don't know unless they put some sort of locking system in place (laughs) imagine there's some lock that you can do where they drill it into your skull (laughs) so it can't get ripped off of you head over people they gaslight but that looks cool let's be fair let's be fair guys i know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a theft magnet but sitting on the train and just having that screen to your right like that it looks so cool right the screen to his right you can see the girl in front of him and shit like that's pretty cool like how the screen's just like floating in the air like that it's fucking amazing 
you into thinking. So, if you're moving a lot while you're moving, this thing comes up that says tracking fail. So it doesn't track if you're moving a lot. So there's nothing for the sensors to like lock onto. It doesn't know where to put stuff. But standing at a subway stop watching a Mr. Beast video is a pretty special. It's a pretty special experience. Yo, big up Richie, getting us lazier and lazier. I don't think I agree with that, brother, you know? I don't think I agree with that, bro. I think we're already quite lazy. I think the laziness set in probably during COVID. I think a lot of people have never really recovered from that era. They've become social recluse, socially recluse. Um, you know, they just don't really go outside much. They just, you know, stay on their phones. They're on their laptop all the time. They're on discords. They're on fucking WhatsApp groups and shit. Like, it's it, it's been a long time coming. This is not people are not going to stay in more because of the flipping Apple Vision Pro. I don't think so. Um, if anything, I think it's just addressing what people are going through now. They're probably just seeing people want other forms of entertainment that kind of sit outside of, you know, um, that kind of sit outside of uh, the screen, the conventional screen on a smartphone or a desktop computer, and this basically um, kind of fills that void. So I don't really see it as a as a laziness thing. I just see it as like a meeting us at where we're currently at. And we're already very, very lazy. Hold on, Jordan. Let me try to figure out how to... What do you think? It's interesting. I, I, can't, imagine, I can't imagine what you're looking at. Uh... I'm looking at you right now. Oh, okay. I can see you clear as day. You got on a blue tie with... A beautiful tie pin at the top, so I can see you. I get off here. Enjoy your adventure. Bye bye. Uh, I opened up Apple TV, and it was like this window right here, Jordan. And as I started to move, the window went away with the back with the subway car. You can't. Oh, I see what you're saying. So the tracking only works if the background is still. So you have to be indoors. But if you're on a train and you try and watch something, when it tracks the environment around you, the, the you know, it's kind of, you're moving. So it feels like, the, yeah, so I get it. So you can't really watch stuff on a train unless you stare at a particular point and it can track that point and then it can project the screen on that area. So there's a bit of a bug there a little bit. Maybe, fix Maybe that will be fixed easier with a firmware update, probably. If you're in like a, if there's a lot of like kinetic movement, and I imagine it works in an airplane because the airplane is so steady. But this is a subway and it's bouncing, so I gotta wait till we get there. I have this thing tethered to my iPhone. It seems to be working well enough. Come on, it looks fucking cool though, doesn't it? Can we not say it looks really cool design wise? Right? In when it comes to like a industrial design, product design point of view, that looks incredibly well designed and incredibly well put together. Like that is finished really well. Look how shiny it looks. Again, maybe I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy and I'm fucking jacking off underneath this table right now, but I like how it looks. I just couldn't picture how big my head is now. And adding that fucking thick lens on the front, I would look fucking crazy. But for some reason, when I try to open Safari, it won't open.
text message. <laughs> That's kind of redacting it. <laughs> Look how he's standing. That's super. Imagine seeing people out on the street doing this. Like, just replying. <laughs> he's just, look how he's standing, replying to his text. Oh, this is fucking brilliant. This is so brilliant. Wow. There's even a floating keyboard. That is so cool, man. That is so cool. And it's tactile too. So you can hear it pressing as he's typing. The geek inside of me wants one so bad, but I'll wait for the other iterations first before I jump on. Standing, it's so funny. I was just responding to text messages. <laughs> no way! You're the only person I wanted to be. Casey, wait, Casey, I can't tell. Can you not tell? No way. Oh my god. We were talking. Oh my god! No way! I'm actually freaking The idea that I can have my whole life. Computer digital online world that exists. He's like the Burt Crash of YouTube, and he loves it when his fans come up to him, and he loves recording bits of it as well, and then complaining about it afterwards on podcasts. But he loves it. He loves the attention. He's like the fucking blogging version of Burt Kreischer. In the real world, that's what that's what feels like is bigger than AR or VR. Like I have the Oculus; it's great, but it definitely feels like a toy. This feels like a little glimpse into the future of what computing could be like down the road. Why is everybody staring at me? <laughs> That's the thing that people keep saying computing, but people are not going to be using it to do computing. They're going to be used to using it to fucking jack off and watch fucking movies and shit. It's just what it's going to turn into. This idea people are going to be using it to complete like complex tasks like editing movies and producing music and shit i don't think that's going to be true people are still going to prefer to have you know bits of hardware and shit to use i think most people are just going to use it as an entertainment system because can you imagine the porn on this can you imagine if you're like a proper goon squad guy right you got your goon room can you imagine if you're one of those type of dudes that believes in like dolls and peripherals and shit what you're going to be doing with that with that shit on can you imagine the filth you could get up to with fucking um what you call it with um uh deep fakes and stuff wearing those it gets really spooky really quickly <laughs> do i look as ridiculous as those people make me feel like i look no, you're just your eyes are glowing <laughs> how you doing jordan you're standing right in front of my mr beast video <laughs> come right there okay years ago this used to be a bar yeah yeah you want to walk under this <laughs> Someone's in the comments probably saying that watch out for the black sitting next to you, Casey. <laughs> he's looking at your rift. He's looking so he's, he's looking at your <laughs> He's looking at your AVPs, man. Guard your AVPs from the blacks, Casey. So the idea of spatial computing, it doesn't make sense to me when I'm sitting in my office. I've got multiple screens. But right now I'm like in the city. I'm in the middle of Times Square. I've got my virtual keyboard here. I've got Apple TV there. I've got 
YouTube safaris open here, and it all kind of works. <laughs> when he when he tilts his head, when we see his recording of what he's seeing, it kind of is a bit no. It's kind of a bit nauseating if you're watching it from our point of view. Maybe it's not when you're wearing it, but when he shows his recording, he's like screen recording. It kind of feels a bit nauseating. So I think maybe if you, I think this happens with most headset, right? So again, I haven't used headsets, but I think most of you would agree. If you use like an Oculus, I think I remember reading. It, there's a certain limit of how long you can use them until you start getting a little bit dizzy, vertigo. You start feeling a little bit queasy and shit. So maybe that's the same thing happens with the Apple Vision Pro. After a while, especially when you're like, you know, all these screens all over the place and your head's fucking bolted onto those fucking goggles. Like this? What I've got going on right now? This is wild. It's impossible for me to imagine that you can't see what I can see. Everything seems so real, and then I can just stand up. Big up Chris Mack. AZ, do you remember the Ready Player One movie? Reminds me of the scene where the evil corporate dude is ready to tell them they do studies and found um, could cover over 80% of the field of view of ads. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Ready Player One is a really good movie, actually. I, I think the book is better. People always said it. Is it the book? Is that a book on it? I think so. Is that a book I'm talking about? It's the one where like they've got, they've got the headsets, right? And he um he plays a game and he has to win coins or something. I remember, I, I watched it a long time ago. But yeah, I definitely remember what you're talking about. Um, the headset Ready Player One, though, is port. Is it portable? It's not got cable in it, isn't it? The Ready Player One. It's just like a. Because I think I'm thinking of the what's the movie with um the lady from Oppenheimer? I think it cancelled the series where you put the little skull cap on instead. So it's different. I wonder. That's what I wonder if that that's what um thing you would do. Um, what's his company? Um, Neuralink. Maybe that's where Elon's going with Neuralink. Maybe Neuralink's end goal is to have like a an implant instead of it being a Vision Pro thing like that. Maybe it's an implant that allows you to do the special computing. Maybe who? Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, Chris Mack, yeah, because the main guy in, in Ready Player One, he has like this, like he has like this sort of like seat thing in it that he sits in. It's like a really like it's like weird, like like a pod, like a little like a like a yeah, like an incubation pod type sort of thing. Oh wow, it's a butterfly. The butterfly is eating my donut. Through his Apple Vision Pros, he sees his dinosaurs. Is that dinosaur actually aware that? Huh? 
No way. Is it aware that he's eating a, eating a fucking donut? The concept for this video was to run around New York City wearing these because I thought that would be funny. Mm. I think it was funny. But something happened. Welcome. Something happened today that was completely unexpected. Welcome. And that something I don't think anyone else has really touched on. None of the That's reviews right. I've seen or read, none of them really uh, put to words what I experienced. What so then? when you take these off, they kind of go to sleep like your phone. And when you yeah. put them back on, you have to unlock them. They scan your eyeballs. Uh -huh. And then to start screen recording, go through the... It takes a second. Okay. So rather than doing that, I just left these on the entire day. Um, the, like, two-and-a-half-hour battery pack you can plug into a fatter battery. So I never ran out of battery power. And after a couple of hours of running around the streets of New York, as in not in a controlled environment, uh -huh. my brain sort of clicked, and it just forgot that I was looking through cameras and screens. Oh. And it just it, it took what it saw as reality. And that is where this, this, that's where the, that profound moment came from. So I guess this is like similar to Ready Player One and most sci-fi movies where they get into like this virtual reality thing and then normal life becomes mundane. We're going to have, we're going to have people suffering from post Apple Vision, post Apple Vision Pro trauma or something or separation issues from their vision pro when they break or they get stolen because they can't go back to that immersive world that they were in and the real world just doesn't hit the same oh my god bro we already have issues with people suffering from all manners of mental health issues people suffering from abuse drug addiction alcohol everything else prescription drugs and now on top of that we're gonna have apple vision pro based diseases <laughs> oh man we thought life was gonna get better but this is gonna create way more issues for people because real life can never compete with dinosaurs flying at you and stuff man yeah exactly joseph we are done for oh god and what occurred to me as I was sitting there in Times Square on a bench, strangers all around me, the real world moving all around me. But I had like a big screen up where I was watching a Mr. Beast video. And then over here, I had this keyboard that I could interact with. And over here, I had my iMessages. And over here, I had my Apple TV and then all of my apps. And they're floating in Times Square in the middle of New York City. They're floating there, and I'm actually there. And there's actual humans around me. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit, this is it. This is the future of computing that everyone's been promising for like the last 15 years. This is something that like let me like truly peek into where, we're, where all of this is going. This isn't the, like the future of AR or VR. This case is going to be able to watch all of the fucking bodies being blown up in Palestine, isn't it? That's what he's excited about. Casey's going to be able to see IDF soldiers in fucking 4K blowing up kids and shit. <laughs> That's what he's happy about. He's like, yeah, bro. He's going to be able to watch that shit with, in 4K like he's there. He's going to be able to pick up a gun himself and LARP as a fucking <laughs> IDF soldier. He's going to be able to fulfill his fantasy. <laughs> that's what he's actually happy about 
This is the, I think this is the future interface for all computing. I think when they figure out how to make these not be these heavy $4,000 metal ski goggles, but you know, maybe they look like these glasses or something even smaller, that that is what it'll be. In the morning, you won't remember your phone. You put it on and then that's it. And it's like, hold on, I've got a call. Hey, what's up, mom? I'll call you back. You look great, by the way. And that's what it's going to look like. And Imagine swiping your mom like that. Like, by uh, slapping your mom away. <laughs> these show you that. These reveal that. I am like, as a geek. <laughs> Do you condemn watching videos of, of Casey um, watching videos of Hamas and Fapping? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Knowing how, knowing full well that the more damage Hamas does, the more the more Israeli defense force can get away with. You know, Casey's gonna be fucking loving every fucking minute of it. He'll be in meetings with Benjamin Netanyahu, just like giggling away with his Vision Pro one, loving every minute of it, offering him suggestions on the content that they can do for the official Israeli Twitter fucking profile. He's gonna be loving everything. That was the thing I've been looking for forever and they did it right here on a product that has like uh, a product that is so new this has been out for 12 hours and i felt it so i don't know that i recommend you should buy one of these at four thousand dollars because i can promise you this this will be the worst vision pro apple ever ships it is going to get so much better all right and maybe i'll make another video that that's that that makes more sense of this but it's pretty cool though it's pretty cool he's one ugly motherfucker but it's pretty cool i understand why you're so excited about it i really do because eventually you know how technology is like how how technology goes how everything works eventually that thing is going to be the size of the ray-bans he's currently wearing or even smaller it's just going to get small that's the crazy thing about technology it all starts off a bit clunky it starts off a bit awkward but then along the line along the way iteration after iteration it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and to the point where it end up being maybe even a fucking contact lens that's the actual scary part of it but like people said like can you imagine the come down from this from that amount of stimuli can you imagine that the come down from this? Like, there are going to be some people that won't be living. They, they, they won't. There'll be some guys out there, specifically guys, that won't leave their rooms ever, right? If you thought it was bad with dudes who play, you know, who who play fucking, you know, who play online all the time. If you thought it was bad with people who stream all the time. If you thought it was bad with people putting fucking pee pee bottles and shit under their desk and food plates under their bed. Can you imagine what it's going to be like with the Apple Vision Pro now going forward? Can you imagine how many people are just going to refuse to leave their homes because they've got an Apple Vision Pro? Can you imagine? Can you imagine how deep it's going to get? It's going to get deep. It's going to get scary, but it's going to be flipping fun. I bet you it's going to be so much fun. And I'm really eager and happy and and interested to see how this develops over the next few years because I feel like we're just about getting started really we we haven't really even got started because now other companies have seen what apple have done they're inevitably going to copy it and have their own version of it right from samsung's and all these other flipping companies they're going to bring out their own version of it and it's going to get fucking spooky very 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 quickly but yeah i love it um i could i could see myself wearing it on a plane i could see myself enjoying it at home 
whether or not I would want to use it day to day outside, probably not. But then again, who knows? Um, who, it, just imagine festivals as well. I just thought about it too in my line of work, right? DJs and stuff. Imagine music festivals. Imagine places like Coachella start to make, you know, um, specific content geared around the Apple Vision Pro. Maybe they start having different packages and shit um, where you can maybe quote unquote meet some of the people that are performing or you can maybe feel like you're on stage and watching them from the VIP places and stuff. Imagine you can start selling digital VIP spots. <laughs> Imagine digital VIP spots to see people, you know, at your favorite concerts. So you'd have to kind of actually go and, you know, pay to enter, drink, all that. So you can do it all from the comfort of your own home and watch the weekend perform somewhere and you feel like you're in the box somewhere watching it also it's gonna be fucking spooky i'm here for it i'm here for it i love it um i can't wait to see more of it going forward i cannot wait to see more of it going forward but three thousand five hundred dollars gonna be bad i'm actually curious to see how low the price goes i don't think you're ever gonna get an apple vision pro under a thousand dollars i don't think so maybe even under two because it starts already it's three thousand five hundred but according to people that saw on YouTube, it's very difficult to do the options without it not going over four grand. So it's within the 3,000 to 4,000 plus. So I'm curious to see how far down they can, how cheap they can get this made or how cheap they can offer it on sale um, because that might then open it up to more people. But, you know, Apple's not really in the business of selling things to everybody. They just have their prices and, you know, it is what it is. Um, anyways big up everybody for tuning in i appreciate you this has been the excellent zing show episode number 744 it's been a pleasure and never ever ever a chore to have your company thank you once again for tuning in live and um, thank you to those of you watching or listening to the apple um, to listen to the podcast via apple podcast or spotify wherever it may be make sure if you're listening on those platforms and leave me a five-star review that'd be greatly appreciated for those of you listening via the audio side of the podcast you will hear my tune of the day which is going to be um slayer which is South of Heaven, one of my favorite Slayer tracks of all time. So if you haven't checked that out, please make sure you're listening to that at this moment. You'll hear it if you listen to the audio side of the pod. If not, you will hear my screen will go black. And I'll see you guys again very, very soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Instagram show, listening now to Slayer South of Heaven. Peace. Just the day the second coming arrives Before you see